All right, welcome to part two. Uh, this week we're going over episode one, episodes one of both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I didn't, I didn't have much to write down for uh, WandaVision. Um, yeah, it's not the first episode. There's not really anything in it. Other so than I don't it, watch it. Uh, it's like a 50 sitcom mixed between Dick Van Dyke and Bewitched. Yeah. Because you, you see in the intro where uh, Vision phases through the, the little chair. Yeah, the little love seat. Well, something a love seat to, sits two people. So this is like a, a small, like a child-sized chair or something. And I'm, I'm old enough to remember watching, you know, the, the 50s and 60s sitcoms on, on Nick at Night. So, uh, in Dick Van Dyke, you have, there's two different intros. There's one intro where he trips over the, I think it's an ottoman. Then there's the second intro where he misses, like he sidesteps it. Well, Vision just phases right through it. So that, that's what gave me that impression. Uh, I don't remember much about the Vic, uh, the Vic Van Dyke show. Uh, but I do remember Bewitched, and there was a lot from Bewitched here, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and can't forget, we, we can't not mention all the sexism. Ooh, all, all the, the sexism. sexism. Well, that's kind of the way it was at that time. It's not that way anymore, but yeah, if they were going to do a, an authentic like telling of it or recreation of it, then yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of the way that was. Um, and to be fair, in the episode, there was sexism on both sides. <laughs> like there was a lot of sexism coming from both sides. If if you want to get down to brass tacks, right? So, like, it starts out with them in the kitchen, right? And like they're like they focus on the calendar. Like, there's a heart on this date. So, what does it mean? Like, like they they don't seem to understand. Why they, they they know they're there, they just don't know why. And and it gets it, it the the plot for this one is so stereotypically 50s, 60s. So like they're they're trying to figure out why, like visions like, well, I'm I'm a computer, of course I remember everything. And Wanda's like, well, what what is it then? Oh, you just forgot. It's fine. It's fine. And then he's he's get, trying to go to work, and then like they they leave it there. So he like he makes himself look human, puts his hat on, and then goes off to work. And then Wanda is you know doing whatever she's. Oh, and I love the whole. Um, uh, what was it? I just watched this shit today too. Like she, like she's wearing the the full length dress, and she's got like, like this tiny, like see through lace, uh, edged apron, and she makes a comment about you know, I was like, well, you know, I've got the apron on. I, maybe it's a bit too much or, or something, something like that. It was there it'll be interesting to see the next episode to see what what el- what other issues they tackle with that yeah so um so the nosy neighbor comes over and i can't remember no it was gladys from from bewitched 
Gladys was the nosy neighbor who kept looking out the window to see what was going on next door. Well, this, this nosy neighbor's name is Agnes. And, you know, she knocks on the doors like, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't come sooner. You know, welcome to the neighborhood. You know, interesting to see a single gal like you living here by yourself. It's like, I'm not single. I'm married. Oh, you don't have a wedding ring on. Oh, I can assure you I'm married to a human tall mm. human too. Right. And so she mentions, you know, this, this special day. And then Agnes is like, oh, I had this Cracker Jack article in this in the magazine, and it was glamour. It's like, I'm going to go get it. I'll be right back. And then it cuts to Vision at the office. And, like, he's just speed tapping on the, I want to call it like a tabulation machine. It's like, like an old, old school calculator. Just tapping, 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 sliding the, the handle, tapping. It's like, oh, that's all done. What is it we do here? And the uh, norm, the coworkers, like, oh, well, you know, we we make uh, what was it? Uh, data. What was it again? Uh, we make data forms. Yeah, data forms. It's like, well, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, I don't know, but production's up 300% since you've been here. It's like, well, what are we producing? Data forms. And then the, the, the uptight boss comes out and is like, Vision, I hope you've remembered, uh, you know, the special day tonight. It's like, we're, you know, like, oh, shit, that's right. You and the wife are coming over for dinner. It's like, I hope you do better than the last guy. And then it cuts to him and he's like walking out with his, his box of possessions. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm sorry, sir. I thought a five course meal was going to be enough. And, and, you know, the entertainment was horrible. Uh, it's like, well, it was a four string quartet. And you, and you did that beatnik thing. Well, I'm sorry. I wore a turtleneck sweater and then he like walks out. So <laughs> like, okay. So then that's got vision panicking. And then he calls home. And at this point, um, Agnes brought the Glamour magazine over and is showing Wanda stuff like, you know, what, what was the article? How to keep your husband by keeping your husband or something like like that. That was like one of the first sexist things. Yeah. But it and was then, funny, though. Well, right. And then she went on to be like, uh, her husband should be reading how to... Uh, handle your wife so you can yeah how to goose your wife so you can keep your wife right and then they had the moment where um uh you were talking about how wanda and vision were talking on the phone and he's Mm. uh and he goes because once he realizes what the dinner is actually what the special occasion is actually about he calls her and they're talking mm-hmm. on the phone and he's like, oh, this is a big day, though, Wanda. And I got to make sure that, uh, you know, I, you know, it, it's the man's job to please the woman. And she's like, I think it's the woman's job to make sure to please the man. And it's like, so it's it's a, it's, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot. It, it's it is a lot. Yeah. So in, in a like I said, in, in a typical 50s, 60s comedy uh, situation, they've got what the actual date is confused. So vision knows it's the boss is coming over, but Wanda thinks it's their anniversary. And then, uh, they even had a commercial, like a fifties commercial, but it was for, a was for a Stark industries toaster. Mm -hmm. 
and that was the next sexist thing. Like, you know, you got the announcer like, you know, one if there's one thing that pisses your man off more than anything, it's burnt toast. And you know, if you, and you know, you want to be a good housewife and not burn his toast. So get this Stark Industries toaster nine thousand or whatever it is, and like she she puts the toast in, pushes the thing down, and there's like the the comedic extra long pause before the toast pops out perfectly, and and all that, and another little funny but sexist bit. <sighs> so then it gets then it gets weird. Like it couldn't get it, like it's not already weird. But uh, mm-hmm. so Vision comes home. He's got the Mister and Missus Hart with him, and the lights are dimmed. And and you know, and the boss, he's just a fucking uptight, uptight hard ass. Yeah. And like, uh, so I think Vision goes into the kitchen. Wanda sneaks out, and I. I I'm assuming this is for comedic effect. I don't, I couldn't understand how she would think this short fat dude is actually, uh, you know, skinny, tall vision, but she puts her hands over his eyes. Like, guess who vision comes. I was like, no, 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 no. That's a, you know, she's Sokovian. You know, she's European. That that's, that's the Sokovian greeting. And then of course, uptight hard ass bosses is like, uh, I, I ain't trying to mingle with no communists or whatever. And uh, they, they, it's, it's funny, but it's like, almost kind of want to say it was an uncomfortable funny. Well, it's also like what, this is like 60s humor because these black and white uh, sitcoms were like 60s, right? I think in the right time period. 50s and 60s. Yeah. So 50s and 60s, yeah. Yeah, so it's also that because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is so terrible. And the show is great. <laughs> like, and the, the thing is, the show is great, but the sitcom that they're portraying, I'm just like, oh, this is so terrible. Oh, this is so terrible. The show is great, but this is terrible. <laughs> right. And then, and then there's the race to try to, to make dinner. And Wanda calls the neighbor over, and the neighbor makes a comment, oh, if you know, what kind of housewife would I be if I didn't have an already made meal for four just sitting around? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and nosy neighbors, like, trying to still be nosy and help, and Wanda's just, like, walking her around the, t- uh, the counter, you know, two or three times, and then finally gets her out the door and then starts magicking. Yeah. And then starts <laughs> and, with the uh, magic making. Yeah, you know, she she starts magicking and then at this point the the boss's wife is like complaining about how she's so lightheaded and she and it's like I can go help your wife and Vision's like no 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 no. And she and the wife goes and throws open the uh the screen to the to the kitchen. And at that point um <laughs> Vision starts singing yakety yak. Yeah. Which I thought was funny, but that got her to turn around and not see what was going on. So between Vision uncomfortably trying to entertain the boss and the wife and Wanda in the kitchen freaking out because she didn't get all the information from Agnes trying to get the recipe done. Oh, also, when we want to talk about sexism, I was like listening to the song and I was like, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> You know what, for Yakety Yak? Yeah. 
because it's like uh <laughs> I, I it's like don't throw it's, it's i don't know how does it go don't throw the what in the trash or don't throw it in the trash or something <laughs> like that it's like or you don't get no spending cash and mm-hmm. and then it's like don't talk it is like yakety yak don't talk back and the yakety yak is supposed to be the wife it's like yakety yak don't talk back it's like wow <laughs> <laughs> whoa uh, uh, yeah and then at one point so she she tries to cook the chicken but burns it it's like oh it's too done then goes the other way and just makes it a basket of eggs like oh that's too little and then i think at that point she starts levitating the the lobster and that's when vision comes in and she just sends them flying out the window so after more uncomfortable trying to make everything work she makes breakfast for dinner dude i'm always up for breakfast for dinner i love sausage and eggs and pancakes eggs bacon and hash browns yes but uh, yeah, so it's about the point where the boss is getting really fed up that his wife is so lightheaded, and I, I don't know, maybe she she just didn't eat enough, or she doesn't eat enough, or whatever, because fifties beauty standards or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Wanda finally gets it done. They sit down, and then that's when you know they start getting nasty, uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, where are you from? How long have you been married? Why don't you have kids? Yeah. Like, and they're, and they can't even, they can't even um, answer those questions. Like, like that's been like a, an underarching theme of the episode. Like, they, they know they're together, but they don't know anything else. And then, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Conveniently enough, there you go. Conveniently enough, mm-hmm. when the boss is like, damn it, answer my question, he starts choking. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, and everybody, like, Wanda's sitting there staring at Vision. Vision's sitting there staring at Wanda. Dude's just choking. And the wife just, like, keeps saying, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, until he just falls over. And then Wanda's like, Vision, help him. Vision goes over, sticks his hand through his throat, to pull the thing out and was it this was it the stupid chocolate covered strawberry yeah i think it, it was a strawberry i remember that i don't know if it was the chocolate one i think it was because they make they they say something about the one chocolate strawberry when they first go in the kitchen but i think it was mm-hmm. i think it was part of the dessert hmm. so he gets it out helps the guy up and then all of a sudden they're both like well that was a good dinner I'm going to talk to you Monday about that promotion. And then they leave. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? And the boss is all like, I'm really proud of you, son. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it, it's, it's very obvious that some weird shit's going on, but you don't really know what. Yeah. And then, like, they open the door, and the wife's like, that's just an interesting door knocker because it's one of the fucking lobsters. Yeah. <laughs> That's just attached to the door now. It's just because Wanda Sokovian. She's from Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Those crazy Europeans and their crazy things they do. 
And so with, with all that, with that crisis averted, they sit down and they're like, well, today will be our anniversary. What's our song? Yakety yak. And then she magics rings on, on their hands and that cuts to the, to the fifties episode um, credits. And it's like, I don't know if those were actual people who like made sitcoms in the fifties, mm-hmm. but like it, it's scrolling through that. And then it pans back to like a control room and you see a hand close a notebook, put a pen down on it, push it away. And then that's where you see the sword emblem. So I'm guessing sword is like a sister agency of shield. Um, I know there's, I I've heard the name sword before in the Marvel universe. Um, but I couldn't tell you, I don't know much about them myself. I didn't even notice. Yeah, the, so. I didn't even notice the sword. I, I didn't notice the sword word or the, the monog, uh, what the, 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 the label or the mo- emblem. emblem. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah. So that so that's basically the end of episode one. And there's it's it's interesting. It, it is it is the most introduction of introduction episodes. Like it it's just an introduction. <laughs> it doesn't tell you anything. Uh, like all you all you're going like since this is this is like a sequel of Endgame. The uh, or Infinity War. It's a sequel of Infinity War and Endgame, right? So you're like, wait, mm-hmm. Vision's alive, and 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 it, and it hmm. uh, sorry, I don't know why I can't talk properly today. Um, it's not making any like uh, like it's not a uh, what is what am I trying to say? brain doesn't want to work not, not initially making any sense well no it's not making any uh it's not trying to hide the fact that it's wanda and vision like that it's you know a part of the uh it's not hiding that it's a part of the that this is like a sequel and whatnot right um right so you're tr- so that immediately go you're immediately like well what's going on right um mm-hmm. and uh it's just and it's obvious like okay so your first impressions are wanda and vision vision's alive again somehow and then you go this is in some kind of weird 50s 60s sitcom like where is this even happening at um and then you're like well okay not anything is really going on if you don't know i could see you being extremely bored with this episode if you don't know anything about 50s or 60s sitcoms, right? Like, if you know nothing about them, this probably bored you to tears because there doesn't seem to be any subtext going on. It is literally introducing you to what, to where these characters are and what they're doing, but there doesn't seem to be any subtext. Um, like, I at least none that I could see. Like there, there was there was nothing going. Oh, that's what's going. Like there was no way for me to go. Oh, that's what's going on, or anything like that. It was just like, okay, Vision's still alive. They've somehow gone back to the fifties. It would seem, and I don't know. And there's nothing else there. There's really just nothing else there. 
Um, so yeah, for the most part, it's just it's not really anything. You know, something's it's like an episode of the Twilight Zone, but like the first half of the episode mm. where you know something's wrong, but you you haven't been given any ex you haven't been given anything to really go on to develop your own explanation as to what the problem is. Yeah, sounds about right. Hmm. Well. <clears throat> so it'll be, I think this one's also an eight episode series, something like that. Uh, yeah, I want to say yes, but I don't know for sure. I didn't check. Yeah, because uh, the next one we're covering is the Falcon and Winter Soldiers eight episodes. Yeah. So it'd be it'd be convenient if they were both the same length. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually an episode behind with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which actually I'm thankful for because that means we can review without worrying about spoilers the previous episode and then the new episode is what everybody is watching. If it's somebody who plans on – because what I like to do is I like to let something come out in its entirety and then binge it. So if it's someone who's going to do that, understand that this section of the podcast is just spoilers. We just talk about the episode. Um, and uh, we should have said that before we started talking about WandaVision but I also like that they called it WandaVision it's actually quite clever because Wanda and Vision but also WandaVision because they do it in the 1960s way of a sitcom so I actually thought that was pretty clever um, yeah like Panavision or you know whatever like like that was a I want to say there was a, a, a TV studio that was like something vision yeah or like it or like this was filmed in panavision uh yes there was with there there was a thing there was a thing like that um yeah where it was uh it was like panavision or something like that but i don't remember what but it was that was that was a long while ago i don't think they still do that but yeah there was a thing like that though uh that's why i thought it was clever it also kind of has another meaning because at the end of the episode, you see the person making notes, and then it turns the TV off. It's also very possible that uh, this is all happening in Wanda's head. And so why mm-hmm. it's called WandaVision is because it's her vision. Like, it's what she's visually perceiving. Yeah. Double yeah. entendre. So, I don't know. Really clever name. Um, right. Yeah, but outside of that, and nothing else. Uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier. A lot. I a lot goes on in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I have to say, I actually, uh, uh, I did like it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they're going with it though. Um, but we'll let's uh here. Let me talk about that, uh, since I assume I'm the one who's talking about that. Uh, basically, Falcon and Winter Soldier is starting up after the five years everyone comes back. So if you remember anything about uh, Endgame, uh the crew, the whole Avengers crew, went through all the rigmarole to get all the stones back, so that they could reverse uh, Thanos, uh, basically making half of the population of the multiverse disappearing. They brought all of those people back, but it had been 
five years since they had disappeared. There was no way to fix that. So five years passed and everyone right. who disappeared is now back. And that's where we pick up with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I'm probably going to just give like a brief summary of what's going on. And there will be spoilers. So for those who don't want spoilers, go watch the episode first and come back to this. But there will be spoilers. Um, I'll probably go with a brief summary rather than going beat by beat. Like I watched the episode, but there's really not much going on. Um, Falcon is uh, reconnecting with his sister. Um, they get into kind of an argument about what's going on with like the family business, a boat that they grew up on, the family house. His sister wants to sell. He doesn't. Um, they try to get a loan for it. He can't get a loan because he's like a superhero. And the bank is like, well, we can't help you because your your income is not, uh, you know, uh, stable. Uh, and then it. Well, it was more. It was more specifically, did, did Falcon disappear during, Falcon during did. this night? I wasn't sure either, and I went back and checked in Infinity War. He also disappeared for five years. Him and Bucky were two of the people who disappeared. It was him, yeah. Bucky, and so, Black Panther, which is weird because that was some weird future telling because, you know, Jack Bozeman, uh, Bozeman, I don't know if it's Jack, but Bozeman, the Chadwick Boseman. That, okay, okay. That's why I was like Jack. Chadwick Boseman then passed away not too long after the movies ended. So that was a weird form of future telling. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, Falcons. Yeah, I had, even I, I even came across an article specifically about that bank scene and about how it like broke the broke the writer's mind. So uh, this is my thing about the and, and oh, continue. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, and like the thing I wrote down was it, 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 it sounded like gentrification. So like, you know, Sam was gone. So he, he, he didn't have five years of income cause he didn't exist. Yeah, which years. is what, uh, which is what was, the guy, the, uh, what they went in. Well, here, let's, uh, Sam and his sister go in for a loan from their bank, the bank that their family has been banking with for years, from what it sounds like. Um, yeah, generation. Yeah. And the bank teller is way more worried about Falcon being Falcon than he is about helping them. Um, they give over their documents to him, being like, uh, because he does ask, well, what have you been doing for the last five years? He was like, well, I didn't exist for five years. And much like half the population of the planet, I'm back now. But I do have government contracts, which do uh, count as forms of income, which they do. Um, this was my thing with the government contract thing. I was like, dude, should Falcon just be rich? We started this episode with him doing some highly dangerous, basically anti-terrorist stuff. Shouldn't he just be rich? And when it comes to contracts, I don't know about government contracts, but with construction contracts, once they're negotiated, they're paid out. 
even if it's by the government, like if the government is like, hey, we want you to build some buildings for us, the contractors give their estimates for how much it's going to cost. The government will pick the one that's most cost effective for them, and then they just pay the contractor. The contractor's job is to make sure everything is built to code and under regulation within the time frame that they gave. But they get paid immediately. Right. So I'm sitting here like, wait, shouldn't Falcon just be rich enough to just fix this problem? But mm, you you would think, but they're making yeah, a statement. But I guess they're making a statement. Um, and once again, I don't know how military contracts work, but I, I keep thinking because so many of my I I grew up in a military town, right? I grew up in a I, I grew up right next to Camp Lejeune. So I have nothing but military mm -hmm. friends with military parents for the most part. Um, and like when Iraq was going on, if someone went overseas, people, people would sign up to go overseas to Iraq because they were paying them shit tons of money to do it. People would come back with people would come back from their six months in Iraq with 50, 60, 70, 80 grand. Like I think I think uh, my cousin also went over there, and he went over there for like three months. Came back with like sixteen or more grand, just untaxed. Here you go for going over there. He didn't even get off the boat. I don't think. I think no, no. He was stationed in a base, but he never saw combat or anything. And so just like sixteen grand, right. for like two three months. And so I'm sitting here watching Sam be Falcon basically stopping some terrorists and i'm sitting here like dude he should be he literally should be loaded he would be getting paid way more than grunts or even lieutenants he'd be getting paid on a scale of like a general or something like it, it's weird that he just mm. doesn't have the money to just fix this problem but uh, I, and that's like a, a minor nitpick. It doesn't take anything away from what I guess they're trying to do. They're they're trying to show that things are hard on that level of society for those pe for people, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean anything about black mm -hmm. people or white people. It doesn't mean that if they had been white, they would have gotten the loan. No, it just means and. One of the things that the uh, the bank teller even tells them is because they because Sam was like, no, we got all our ducks in a row. I did all the research. This all should count. We should have no problems getting this loan. And the guy is like, yeah, that was under the original rules. But since everyone has come back and everything is in so much turmoil because people who've been gone for five years are now all of a sudden back, new rules have been instituted. And we've seen this happen with tax laws. So, yeah, that makes absolute sense. Like, I mean – my taxes right now are on hold because apparently there's some tax law uh, that might get passed to make some things on my taxes non-taxable so I could get a bigger refund. So the person, the, the bank that I have do my taxes for me are like, yeah, we're just going to put them on hold. Once that goes through and we find out what's going on, we'll call you, have you come and sign the papers, and we'll finish out your taxes. So it's like, yeah, like – Things like that can literally change a day before you go in to get your loan, even after you've made the appointment. Because they made an appointment for this. That could have changed that morning. So, hmm. so, yeah, like these are the kinds of things that people at on this level have to deal with on the level of his sister where they are making do, right? 
that those are the kinds of things they have to worry about. Uh-huh. So I, I don't think it takes anything away from the scene. It's just the fact that Sam should just be rich. It's just what was weird about it to me. Um, but uh, so that goes with Sam and his sister. Uh, continue what you were saying. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm sorry if I interrupted, but. Uh, it's, it's fun. He, like he was trying to use his his fame as Falcon to secure the deal with with the bank, and like when when that fell through, like he was <laughs> he was well, he was pissed, and he had a right to. My, the The biggest issue with that whole scene is the bank teller starts trying to get pictures with him and stuff once he realizes it's Falcon. And I don't think Sam mm-hmm. was trying to use his clout as Falcon because he didn't bring it up. He brought it up when the bank teller brought it up because the bank teller kept looking at him and he was like, "Do do I know you from like a team or something? Like I, I like do I know like do I know you from something?" And then Sam is like, "Well, you might. Come on, where do you, where do you know me from?" And he's like, "Oh, Falcon the Avenger." He's like, "There you go." And then they do like a little like selfie thing, and then. It, then it gets mm-hmm. serious to where, well, we're trying to get this loan. Can we get this loan? And what they're hearing from the bank tellers is that they're probably not going to get this loan, and they're trying to figure out why. And the bank teller will stop right in the middle of this tense conversation because they're trying to save their family home for the most part. And then he wants to ask for another selfie. And even Sam is like, dude, are you serious right now? Like, we need this, and you're <laughs> yeah. more worried about getting a selfie with me than helping us. Um, so yeah, it's like, so it doesn't take away from the scene or anything. Uh, but in any case, um, so we go and we're jumping back between Sam and Bucky. Now in the beginning of the episode, Sam, like I said, was stopping some terrorists who had kidnapped a very important person. I forget why he was important. And honestly, we never go back to it. So it's not important to the show, but he's basically doing his Falcon things. He jumps hmm. out of a plane. It's a big action scene. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, there's a point in it. Like we're five minutes in and I'm like, show you fucked up twice. And we're five minutes in. And I'm like, one, if he can x-ray the plane, (laughs) why would he take the chance of looking in the front windows in the cockpit twice? The first time, because he didn't know it was hijacked, fine. (laughs) But the second time, he got seen. And then he jumped off of the plane and (laughs) x-rayed it and saw everyone who was in there. And I'm like, if you could just do that, why would you even look in the second time once you realized it was hijacked? You should have just x-rayed it. What? You took the chance <laughs> of alerting the bad guys because reasons? And then there's the other there's the <laughs> actually there's three things they fucked up on. Then the second thing is he tears the hatch off the side of the plane and no one is sucked out of it. He just jumps in and the air pressure inside the plane is fine. When it's sh- and I was well, yeah. Okay, I, well, so, before you say anything, I was so, like, "Wait, maybe I'm wrong." But that's not how that. That's not how physics works at that altitude. Going at that, everyone should be struggling to not get sucked out of the hatch. So I was like, "But maybe I'm wrong." And I was actually going to defer to you because I figured you might know more than you might know. So go ahead. Yeah, uh, the cabin would have to be pressurized for someone okay. to get sucked out. 
and that that depends on uh, what altitude the plane is flying at. And that's a it's a C one thirty cargo transport plane. So, uh, and also, uh, airborne operations are usually done out of a C one thirty as well. So they were probably not flying high enough to require a pressurized cabin. Okay. Okay. So, and that's why I was like, man, am I just the one who's wrong here? Like, what in the world? Okay. So, I am the one who's <laughs> wrong. Never mind. Now, the other thing was these guys were jumping out of the plane in like glide suits. And I'm like, wait, how can he not uh-huh. catch up with them when he is flying and they are gliding? Like, he has actual (laughs) propulsion. They're just gliding on the air, and he's having trouble catching up with them because you... Yeah, like, I I couldn't figure it out. I was like, he should just be able to zip between all of them and kick their shit in. Like, why? What? (laughs) So I was like, I was like, God damn it. I was like, God damn it, show. You're five minutes in, you're already fucking up. (laughs) Um, then we uh, start seeing what Bucky is going through and he is with a therapist he has been pardoned he's no longer under mind control um, and he's talking to his therapist about making amends for all the things he did wrong um, and it's it's really just him doing some stuff he's most likely not supposed to be doing and they have like a three-step rule where he's not supposed to hurt (laughs) anybody he's supposed to call the authorities if he runs into anything and he is uh i forget what what was the other what was the first rule the third one was the first one was don't do anything illegal second rule don't hurt anybody and then he's like why isn't that the first rule and then the third was uh, you had to say, you know, I'm no longer the Winter Soldier and I'm making amends for everything I did. Oh, okay. Weird. Because I, I just rewatched, rewatched it before we, we rec- started recording. So I wanted to make sure because because I'm 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 enjoying Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah, definitely. Uh, the the one episode a week thing's gonna irritate me, but it's also advantageous for us because, especially now that we're a week behind. But yeah, and and another thing, um, in the in the first in that first battle scene was how handy it is to have that Red Wing, like that's his his yeah, little the drone solves all. And then, of course, you had the the other super tense moment when one of the uh, attack choppers shot the back, mm. shot his backpack, and he couldn't thrust, so he was just he had to glide there because yeah. he didn't have. And I, and I saw that too, and I was like, "Wait a minute, why isn't your thruster, your jetpack, why isn't your jetpack bulletproof?" Why wouldn't and I was also thinking about this too because there's that moment when they're in the canyon and his wings hit the side of the canyon but they don't take any damage and I'm like wait a minute are his wings also made out of vibranium like cat shield and if that's the case why wouldn't your jetpack also be made out of vibranium in fact 
Why wouldn't your entire rig be made out of vibranium? Why wouldn't your suit have vibranium integrated into it like Black Panther's suit to just make you fucking invincible? <laughs> like, you are now on good terms with Wakanda. There's no reason why you couldn't get this done. Even if they didn't allow America to build it, you could literally have asked Wakanda to build it for you. <laughs> right. And and like the there's there's two times when he's gets shot at and yeah. he uses the wings as shields. And, and you know, I, I didn't think of it other than that it's uh artificially ramping up the tension. Cause you know, it's like like they're gonna hit the Libyan border in, in ninety seconds or, or whatever and and like just as the it reroutes the thruster function, the Torres on the ground is like, we have no other like we have no other options. And then you see thruster function right. restore is like I do now. Yeah, and then he and then just, just does whatever he needs to then he just does whatever he wants. It's like, wait, why <laughs> in the first place Didn't you do that oh and are we place? also going to talk about how these glide suits were incredibly like I, there was a point in time I was watching the, the pursuit and I was like damn Sam would just be better off if he had the glide suit instead of the falcon wings <laughs> like those seem better than his falcon <laughs> wings and these are the same falcon wings we saw him like diving under a truck with and shit doing these impossible ridiculous maneuvers right and I'm like, man, these glide suits mm-hmm. seem better than that. Like these villains, they're they're turning around in the in the air and shooting. And I'm like, dude, there's no way you're shooting falling at that altitude. That's just not how that works. Do you first off, <laughs> there's no way you could do a steady shot. Second off, there's no way the bullets are going in any way a straight projectile in that kind of in that kind of environment. It just doesn't work. So I'm sitting here like mm. Or how about uh, how about how they just like yeah and how they were gliding the perfectly into the helicopters and then jumping back out gliding and then gliding back in and they were perfectly able to like glide maneuver themselves like there's that one dude who like pivoted in the air and just got into like a fist fight with Sam while they were in the air and I'm like huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not how that. That's not how gliding works. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but Gerald, you have to suspend your disbelief in order yeah, to but enjoy you the can show. Only ask an audience to suspend their disbelief so much. My big okay, so I was thinking about it, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? The biggest defense against people are like, you just need to turn your brain off and have fun. And I'm like, well, then. There's no such thing as a bad movie then. Because if you just turn your brain off, every movie is great. Mm. So the, the, but is just it turn cool? your brain off. Every movie is perfectly fine. Every movie <laughs> is a 10 out of 10 if you just turn your brain off. There's no such thing as a scoring system mm. for movies then. There's no bare minimum. There's no... But there's there's no such thing as a bad movie if all you have to do is turn your brain off. Hmm. 
But yeah, it's yeah, like, make a good so if your only answer is just turn <laughs> your brain off and enjoy the movie, you must be really happy with every movie that comes out, no matter how dog shit it is, because you just go there and turn your brain off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh... the, turn your brain off <laughs> is the stupidest answer you can give for a criticism of a movie, period. That it, that, and I'll die on that hill. If your answer to someone criticizing a movie is just turn <laughs> your brain off and have fun, that is the stupidest thing that could have came out of your mouth in that context, in that discussion. You have nothing to add then. Because that movie is a 10 out of 10 to you. <laughs> and if that's the case, you don't need to be in this discussion. Like, it's as simple as that. <laughs> Like, right. suspension of disbelief <laughs> only goes so far. So, uh, but... Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Oh, yeah, I'm, I know, I'm I know. I'm being facetious. I, I, I am speaking course. as if I am talking to the person who's like, dude, you just need to turn your brain off and have fun. And I'm just looking at them like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> But right. anyway, so uh, Bucky continue. is talking to his psychiatrist. She's telling him he needs to open up. He's trying not to. And I do believe he had a really good point when he was talking to her. He's like, dude, I've been gone for literally 43 years. My mind, Either my mind wasn't my own or I didn't exist. And then when I did exist, I had one brief calm moment in Wakanda. Then it was back to fighting. And then I didn't exist for five years. And then I now I'm back. And you guys are just telling me, open up, make friends, go out on a date. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where I even <laughs> belong in the world. And, and the psychiatrist says, you know, go, you have the freedom. And he's like, the freedom to do what? My response to that is like, dude, you have the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want, which is a which is a place I would love. I would love to have the freedom to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. Like you have that right. freedom. <laughs> and I'm not telling you to do what the psychiatrist says and just open up immediately. I understand that that's dumb bullshit. You have to do it in your own time. The, what they're trying, what the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist isn't wrong either. What she's trying to do is make sure that he's not stopping himself. Doing something in your own time and stopping yourself from doing something are two different things. Um, but yeah, and then he and, and then the next scene we see Bucky in is he's uh, Settling and basically getting in between an argument between an older Asian gentleman and then another gentleman. And I specifically say older Asian gentleman because they specifically go out of the way to make him the old grumpy Asian man. Like this is the this is the old grumpy Asian <laughs> dude, and Bucky is like, "Well, what, what what's going on? Well, well, why are you yelling at this guy over here?" And he's like, "He's putting his trash in my trash." And Bucky's like, "Dude," it's, and Bucky like breaks him up, and he's taking the uh, the old guy. I think his name is. Do you remember what his name is? It's like, Yori? Yori. Yori. Yeah. So he takes Yori, Yori. down the alley. Yeah. And he's like, Yori, you can't get in the fights with people. And Yori's like, ah, I don't want to hear it. He's like, he's like, hey, I thought we were supposed to get, get lunch. He's like, I don't feel like doing it now. He's like, I'll, it's on me. 
And Yuri's like, okay, but no talking. And then we get into the next scene, and Yuri's like, yeah, and he starts talking to him about something. I'm like, I thought you said no talking. What are you doing? <laughs> and uh, and then there's uh, right. they're at like a sushi or a sushi restaurant or something of that nature, and like one of the uh, mm-hmm. one of the uh, I want one of the cooks i want to say i don't want to say waitress but one of the cooks or the servers one of the servers is like this this pretty asian lady and yuri's like you should ask her out and he's like no and and yuri's like hey he wants to ask you out and and he's like why'd you do that and she's like why not i'm game and so he gets bucky set up on this date with her which didn't go well unfortunately because bucky before he goes to see his psychiatrist has a dream of he he's been having nightmares apparently, but mostly they seem to be dreams mm-hmm. of past memories when he was under Hydra's control. So he had a memory of killing uh like ten people, like it seemed to be some important dignitary maybe or something of that nature. But he kills him, and then there's a guy at the end of the hallway, and he's just because he hears this tapping, and it's a guy at the end of the hallway, and it's this Asian <laughs> student. And the guy's trying to get in the door, and the tapping is his key hitting the door because he's trying to get it in the lock, but he's so fucking terrified because he just watched somebody kill 10 people. And and he's like, so Bucky goes up to him, and he's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. And Bucky just kills him because Bucky was under Hydra, no, mm-hmm. no witnesses. And then you come out, and then you come to find out that that was Yori's son. And then you go, mm-hmm. oh. Huh, and and it's not made clear if Bucky knew that or not. Because at first I thought, oh, Bucky to to sort of soothe his conscience, to sort of do something about his conscience, went and found this guy, and then it's like, oh, but then there's a scene where while he's on the date, the girl is talking about it, and Bucky just gets up and leaves because he can't take it. And he goes to speak to Yori, hmm. and then he sees the guy, the kids, uh, the students' picture in Yori's apartment through his door. And he just pays Yori back uh, the money he owes him. So it's almost like it, it, it's kind of like he knows, but he wasn't sure. But uh, I think he knew because on that in that little notebook of his list of amends. You you see Yori's name and it's ah gotcha so yeah so that was yeah that was rough and uh like as far as the date went it uh, probably not going to be a second date he's honestly <laughs> he's just not ready for it yet he's really not and he was even telling Yori when Yori was like what he was like why'd you do that he's like and Yori he, he was like it's like dancing and I haven't danced in like 43 I haven't danced since like 1943 and then he amends himself by saying it feels like um so yeah. it's like yes I, I like the depictions of the characters that I'm getting um I don't really know what they're doing with Sam. Sam declines taking the Captain America shield. Uh, they do a big presentation about it, and uh, he at, he decides that he's not going to take up the mantle and be the new Captain America. And they put the shield in a uh, in basically a, a memorial museum for Cap for uh, Cap. 
And so it's the Smith. Yeah. And, and so it's just him trying to figure out what he's doing from here when he's not being Falcon. Um, and basically the end of the episode is uh, I assume the president of the United States at the time introduces the new Captain America and he's given him the shield. And Sam is just, oh, oh, I am forgetting something. So Sam was talking to a soldier while he was stopping the terrorist attack in the beginning of the episode. And that soldier mm-hmm. comes across, uh, basically he's keeping, he, he uh, monitors like, uh, uh, like uh, what is what is the word I'm looking for? He monitors, uh, Yeah, like communications frequencies. Um, He monitors that kind of thing as intel. And he comes across a group of people who have all been told to gather in front of like some bank, I guess, or some kind of embassy or some kind of federal building. And they all are then told to put on masks. And they're like, well, what happens now? And then some dude breaks out of the top floor window jumps all the way down and he has on a similar mask so they were all sent there to be smoke screens for what seems to be a robbery um and in all the confusion the guy who has the two bags of whatever he stole from the establishment like uh there's a there's authorities who are arresting people and he kicks one of the dudes and he kicks him so hard he like flies like what five six feet into a pole and i'm like and then the 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 soldier starts running towards it and i'm like no 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 no! don't do that don't do that you cannot deal with this situation (laughs) and it is immediately shown he cannot (laughs) deal with this situation because the guy beats the crap out of him um and then he calls Sam about it. And Sam tells him to keep it between the two of them because they don't know exactly what's going on. Um, and then that's when Sam sees them giving the shield to the new Captain America and whatnot and introducing the new Captain America. And that's how the episode ends. Um, I liked it. I'm just waiting to see... Uh, it, it... It's always hard to be like, I like this episode, but you don't know what the show is really going to be about until you get like five or like four or five episodes in. And then you get then you get to see like really what the series is going to be about. Um, so I, I don't really have anything. I, I don't have an opinion on it. It seems fine. Right. It, like I've heard some people going, who cares what right. Bucky is doing or what he's going through? Who cares what's going on with Sam? Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here like as far as this first episode goes, they're setting up the characters. Um, but I just don't have an opinion for how I really feel about it. It seems like it will be fine, but I couldn't tell you, oh, this is going to be garbage. Oh, this is going to be good. I do like the characterizations that we're getting. I think that those are good. So all I can do is hope that once they get into the real meat of the plot, that will also be good. But right now, I can't tell. Like, I I just don't know. Uh, if, if Chewie was here, because I talked to him about this last night while we were playing Destiny, um, the the group the flag smashers the ones who like they they're uh, 
to have the glowing red hand that you have to have an app to see mm-hmm. and all that. They're like, um, I think the way Chewie put it is they're like Antifa. Okay. Or, um, or as uh, Lopez or Torres explains to Torres. Yeah. That um, was the soldier's name. Torres. Torres. Yeah. Yeah. As he explains to Sam after the mission, like they're all about no borders and things were better when, you know, half the world, half the universe's population was right. gone. <clears throat> and then, um, Captain America, who was actually played by Kurt Russell's son, uh, from, from what Chewie had told me, he's like the America first at, any and all mm. costs. Well, that makes sense. God bless America and nobody else. Like, oh, oh really? Really, dude? Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I dude, I even understand the sentiment <laughs> of things were better when half the world was gone, but that was because half the world disappeared. Everybody was traumatized. That was also uh, half the world disappeared. Everyone was traumatized. So everyone turned to each other. Everybody was relying on each other because they had to. And at that time, you had fucking Hawkeye running around like fucking killer Batman murdering all the criminals. So, <laughs> so yeah, the world <laughs> was better because no, everyone was just trying to pick up the pieces. No one was trying to fuck with anybody. And the people who were fucking with anybody, Hawkeye was murdering in their sleep. <laughs> so, like, I absolutely understand the way that they're thinking, but it's not the way to go about like, like, what do you like? The reason it's stupid is because if you think the world was better when half the population was gone, what do you want the solution here to be? Just kill half the world's population now? Like, what? What is your end Again? goal <laughs> other than mass murder? <laughs> like, do do any organizations like that ever really think about the? <laughs> the means to the end or do they just worry about the means they just worry about the means the means justify the ends right like i've said plenty of times i could fix the world tomorrow the problem is we lose half the world's population in the (laughs) in the like i've said that before yeah you could fix the world's problems tomorrow but you'd lose half the world's population because you'd have to get rid of not you'd have to get rid of the stupid people and you'd have to get rid of the people who are going to go against you in doing this. Um, yeah, that makes people and it's it's it is not a good solution. It would literally even if it was even if it was considered a solution, it would have to be the one of last resort. And I've also said that too. That's literally the last resort. That's when the world has gotten so bad, this is the only way to fix it. Right? But yeah, it's like, what is your end goal? Just line up half the world's uh, population and execute them? Like, guys. <laughs> mm. They're the, what, well, like the way Chewie described it is the flag smashers are Antifa. And the new Captain America is America first at all costs. And it's, I think he said it came from an 80s comic book series, uh, comic book arc mm-hmm. that involves uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So 
don't, I don't know. When he told me that, I started groaning. So I guess I guess we'll see what happens. Because that's and as, I don't know. I don't really. And I even said, "I was like, sorry, go ahead." And when and when he said, "I was like, damn it, Chewie, I don't want real politics in my comic book stuff." And he was like, "Yeah, that that's how it works." It's not that you don't want I, I've been listening to this a lot and people are like, Don't put politics in my stuff. And I've been listening to other people being like, You can't have any form of work that doesn't have politics in it. Um, and I think that they're right about that. I think what it comes down to is you're not gonna be able to get a work that doesn't have that person's viewpoint on it. The problem is that it's always only that person's viewpoint. They don't look at it from the other side in an objective manner. They go, this right. is the viewpoint, and I'm not even going to – and in this piece of work, I'm not even going to entertain the other side's argument. And when you do that, you cannot give the full scope of what the problem is, right? People can't even understand why the other side is even objective. And usually if the other side is objective to something, they have at least one good reason why. So I think when people Yeah, you would Yeah, would think I think so. when people say I don't want politics in my stuff anymore, I think what they're really stating is I'm tired of one-sided arguments in my media. I'm tired of one person telling me that they're right and everyone else is wrong without ever looking at the other side from an objective viewpoint. I think that's really what people are saying. Well, I think you just uh explained better about how I feel about it than even I could explain. Right, well, thank job. you. Right. I tried my best <laughs> and I only get it right once out of every 10 times. So this makes me happy. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you when you about what you said. It's I'm, I'm definitely tired of just hearing one side. Definitely. But uh yeah, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the episode. I think it's, it's going to be interesting even after what Chewie told me, even though I might groan a little bit or a lot or a lot. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I'm, I want to know who this, this masked power dude is that's working with the flag smashers. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I am interested in that as well. And how they're going to do anything about him? Because this is the this is one of the things about that character is obvious he has like super strength, but we don't know to what extent. Mm -hmm. Like Captain America is a super soldier, right? And Bucky has been given the same formula to turn him into a super soldier, so strong, fast, agile. But he's not. Captain America will never be able to go blow for blow with Thor. Never be able to go blow for blow with Hulk, right? Um, Bucky's super mm. strength is more on the level of Spider-Man, where they might be able to lift a car. I think actually Spider-Man is super strength is actually more than Captain America's. I don't think Captain America can lift a car actually, um, but Spider-Man can lift a, like a small like two-ton car. Um, so, 
and we've seen what Hulk can do with cars. He yeah, he turned into the boxing gloves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so since we don't have, I'm wondering if he's going to be, if this guy is going to be on the level of being able to trade blows with like Thor. And I honestly want it to be that way. Because when Sam and Bucky have to team up to fight it, I don't want either of them to have the whole answer. I want them to have to work work together and think outside the box to deal with basically what would be a fight against Thor for them. Or what would be a fight against Iron Man for them. Or what would be a fight against the Hulk for them. I want to see that. That makes the show right. much more compelling because they're heroes in their own right they have their strengths they have their weaknesses but it is but there's a very clear division between falcon bucky and a hero like captain marvel right so how do heroes like that hmm. deal with these threats so i do hope he's on the level of like thor he doesn't have to be as strong as thor just you know he's way stronger than bucky right like just throws bucky around like a rag doll hmm. And they have to come up with something. They have to come up with a different plan to deal with this threat. Um, and because and they're in a unique position where because Bucky and Falcon aren't on the level of Captain Marvel or the Hulk or Thor, they have the unique position of being able to create natural tension because these are heroes who can just be killed. Like Sam, it's just a normal, well-trained soldier who who you know, flies through the air with a jetpack and wings. He's not super powered in any way. He's basically Batman. Um, Bucky is the only one of them who's super powered, and he is literally on the low end of super powered meta heroes. So they have a unique position of being able to view the world through these two characters' eyes and how they deal with these really big threats that they sometimes have to fight. Yeah. And I hope they actually go with that they go with that perspective. I really hope they explore that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, that's all I got to say about it. All right. Well, let's uh let's take our sponsor break and then we'll come back and talk about Annoying, frustrating bullshit mechanics and video. All right, welcome back, everybody. Take two. Our topic is shitty video game mechanics. Well, yeah. Stupid shit in video games. We all have our pet peeves, and we can probably all relate. Mm-hmm. So I watched a uh, a YouTube video for this, and they came up with uh, 15 of them. Plus, I've got uh, a couple of my own. Uh, first one is QuickTime Events. Yeah, I can agree to QuickTime Events being just a pain in the ass. Usually because of the way that they're implemented. Um, in my experience, like, because if you don't know they're coming, it can be really hard to react to them. And in earlier games, if you didn't know it was coming, they were quick time events. They were quick. 
And so a lot of quick time events, you just died if you didn't get it. So and start all the way back over. So even if you get like the first four or five, if you were too slow on one, now you have to start all the way back over. Yeah, I know it was a big thing in God of War. And uh, I think in that... um, like when I got my my play, my PSP back in the day, it came with uh, it came with God of I think the God of War, and then I got a like a three hundred game that was basically the God of War engine. They just put a Spartan in place of Kratos. Yeah, God of War was like the biggest contributor to it. I want to say that God of War started it, but I don't believe so. Um, but they were like the biggest game with it in, and after them, everyone started doing it. Naruto, some of the Naruto RPGs were big, big culprits of that shit. And if you missed a quick time event with those, you just failed the mission. And they weren't. And the first uh, Naruto games that instituted it were not kind about it. It was a challenge, basically. So yeah, quick time events definitely a pain in the ass. I remember like, there was just... that one there was that one Naruto fighting game we played and you had to do a, like a quick time event to counter and just just like trying to remember which fucking button was where was frustrating. Yeah. Or if you were riding <laughs> on one of the tail beasts, I remember there was a quick time event that you weren't sure like uh they they did because a lot of quick time events were just buttons. But Naruto started mm-hmm. implementing directions, so you yeah. wouldn't be ready for it. <laughs> so it'd be like, yeah. yeah, it'd be like down, or it would be like the shoulder. But it started using like the shoulder buttons and stuff instead of just the normal buttons. Or you'd have to input like a string. Like remember the quick time events that gave you strings of buttons to put in, and you had mm. to memorize them because if you fucked up on one, you just failed the whole thing. So you actually had to really quickly memorize five or six buttons that you had to put in. Yeah, there was uh, so <clears throat> there's one quick time event game that I that I remember uh, having for original Xbox. I think when you let me when you lent me yours, and that's a that's not a story we're we're going to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it was called Indigo Prophecy. And it and it was it was unforgiving in its quick time events too. But yeah, so that's annoying mechanic number one. What you got? Uh, I have more of a tried and true one: invisible walls. Mm. And I put invisible walls on it uh, for a good reason. Now, uh, and a lot of people can argue, and they are not they are not wrong. Um, invisible walls were mostly a product of not powerful enough machinery, right? It was a product of the early days where invisible walls were just part of it because the technology wasn't enough to get rid of them. That's cool. But nowadays, um, you know, as technology has advanced, uh, there's no real reason for invisible walls of any kind. And yet they still persist and they suck and they always happen at a time when you wouldn't think that they would like they're kind of mocking you. Um, 
there's only one game I can remember that actually dealt with this in a way that uh, that only made sense but was effective. There was an old uh, one of the old Dragon Ball Budokai games. I forget which one it was, but when you did it story mode, you had a 3D you were you had a, a 3D map and a 3D character that could fly on the map. Mm. And when you got to certain spots, your character would land and you go into like a fight or a cinematic or a uh, conversation with a character, you know, whatever. Or you'd find an item and you would have to find the dragon balls this way and you would have the dragon radar. So when you're flying, there was no invisible wall. What they did is when you got to the edge of the map, you just showed up on the other side. And you just went back over. So you, it, effectively, you were going around. You were flying around the world, and that was the <clears> most effective <throat> way that anyone had ever so actually Pac-Man fixed did. that problem. Yeah, they basically Pac-Man, did. and it worked, especially for the time, because this was—I want to say it was like Bodakai Two. It was when they stopped doing the three D models and they went into like the. Uh, the 2D cell shaded models is what I want to say, or was it the 3D cell shade? Because they had like uh, when when the when the Dragon Ball fighting games like really started, they did 3D modeling and they looked kind of bulky and bloated. But as they did it more and technology got up, everything started trimming down, and they got into kind of like a sort of slim cell shaded kind of look. Um, I, I want to say it was Dragon Ball Budokai 3 that did it. Um, and yeah, so they were the ones who most effectively dealt with that issue. Okay, um, so I, I slipped into purgatory there for like 10 seconds. Sorry. Um, oh, <laughs> well, no, it's it's not you. It's the anchor. Right, it's the an anchor. Yeah. So uh, when you said, you said when you fly to the edge of the map, uh, and what I what I was trying to respond with is they basically pac manned it. So, like, you go yeah, through that. And I, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I confirmed that. I said yes to that. Yeah, well, that's, Cause that's basically asked, what they did. As soon as I asked the question, it went into purgatory. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. As Anchors likes to do. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, and when you were saying the, like, was it polygonal, like, old Lorecroft Tomb Raider kind of thing? Like, yeah. <laughs> like pyramid titties? <laughs> yeah, like, back during pyramid titties, it, it made sense. The technology was not sophisticated enough to allow you to go past certain areas. Um, also, one of the worst ways of including an invisible wall, I would say, was in, like, Call of Duty. Because mm. when you were in the matches, if you went out of, if you went to an area they didn't want you to be in, you started taking damage and it would do a countdown. And you had that much time to get back into the area they wanted you to be in or you died. And it was always like, that's fucking stupid. Why is there this circular area that is surrounded by a radiation field? Mm. Like, Oh, I've what got. What the fuck kind of sense does that make? I've got, I've got a similar one uh, to that, as as one of the as one of the uh, shitty mechanics. But uh, like like nowadays, the invisible walls, like like in games like Destiny, it's just I don't want to say it's laziness, but I mean, 
it's supposed to be open world, right? So why can't I climb to the top of that mountain? No, it, it's got invisible walls and ceilings. Yeah, visible walls and ceilings. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, invisible walls. Or how about when there would be invisible walls in uh, entryways? Like you'd be like uh, in an MMO, you might go around some ruins and you'd see a archway that you should be able to pass through and you nope. get halfway through and there's an invisible wall. What? And the thing is, it's not that there's just, a, not only is there an invisible wall, the rest of the area uh, past the invisible wall has been architecture. It's there. Laziness. Just pure laziness. <laughs> <clears throat> Gonna make that shit so, look yeah, all pretty over there, but I can't go see it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, right? So, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but invisible walls have always been, like, my pet peeve. Like, I hate them. I hate them so much. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, if that's what you've got for that one, next one on my list... And, it, and it, it, it took me watching the whole bit to understand it, but rubber banding. Well, rubber banding isn't actually... Uh, like, I, so I would, but rubber... Example, well, yeah, go ahead and explain. Yeah, the example they used was Mario Kart. So, like, you, you're, you're doing such a good job getting, you know, into first place. But then magically, here comes fucking Yoshi, you know, in his little little green fucking whatever car right up behind you. And God help you if you didn't hit that turn just right. Oh, is that what they call it? Rubber banding? I just always thought it was the car. I thought it was always the game just cheating. Well, maybe that, maybe that's the, that's the, we'll we'll, we'll call it this term. We'll use this terminology to, to cover up that it's cheating. Yeah. The reason I started explaining is because when I hear rubber banding, I think uh, lag. Because that's what happens in a lag where you'll see a character either teleport or you'll see them run all the way up to a point, but then all of a sudden they're back where they started. That happens because of lag, because packets being dropped in the communication with the server. So that's yeah. when, when I hear rubber banding, that's what I think. Yeah, well, that, that also is annoying, and that's not so much a mechanic as it is a cheat. And that's well. That's ugh. not a mechanic. That's just a. That's just bad internet, bad internet connectivity, or uh, or a bad of uh, online infrastructure, or someone lag so, switching, or someone lag switching. Yeah. But yeah, I always hated that in ra- in racing games too. I'm freaking uh, too. I'm like an entire lap ahead, and now all of a sudden the AI is just zooming past me with impunity and no matter what I do, I can't stop it. Like, oh yeah, uh-huh. that shit is, yeah. I remember that in racing, especially uh, Mario Kart or what What would happen instead of, the, instead of that happening, they would always get the blue turtle shell. Because mm. um, <laughs> I re- And I might be wrong about this, but if I'm not mistaken, in the first couple of Mario Karts, anybody could get the blue turtle shell. It wasn't just the last person in line. Anybody could get it. So the AI would be in second place, and they'd get the blue turtle shell and blow you the fuck up and zoom past you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sending a picture to the chat. 
this is a pin I have that I got from Checkers Direct. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's that's my uh, second one is rubber banding. So go ahead with your next one. Okay. Uh, let's see. I got 18 altogether. So you said they got 15. I got 18 altogether at least. Uh, increasing the grind. That is always – I've even talked about that on a couple of the podcasts where the mechanic of the game is not to organically find a way for you to progress, but it's just go grind out a bunch of stuff. So I guess my, my – I guess my uh, – what it is is the grind itself because the grind usually isn't fun. Destiny's been um, really good with that, but uh, the, this new season's actually offered some really good content, kind of kind of, sort of making it worth it, but then still after after you get all that good stuff, then it's just back to, well, what do I do next? Yeah, and it might be because I'm an RPG person. I love RPGs, and in RPGs, <laughs> grinding was almost always optional. Um, you could grind or you could be good enough at the game that you didn't need to. And in while you might only win by the skin of your teeth, um, you could win just about any battle just progressing through the main story and just knowing how to play the mat, how to play the bosses and how to play the encounters. So you didn't so grinding wasn't a necessity. It was just something you could choose to do or not to do to give yourself an edge. And if you were like me in RPGs, I would grind like a motherfucker because I like just rolling in and exploding bosses. So <laughs> that made it that made the grind worth it to me. So maybe I don't know, maybe I have to further refine this as grinds that aren't worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that would, that when you're would grinding. Sense. Yeah. When you're grinding and grinding, and the thing you get for grinding is just not even worth the time you put in it. Mm. So maybe, maybe I have to more refine that one as uh, unworthy grinds. Mm, well, I've got the perfect one to come on the tails of that fetch quests. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think I have that one, too, but I don't call it a fetch quest. Let me see. I think that's the one. Uh, let's see. Like, go collect me 10 herbs yeah. so I can I can make this this dinner. Go kill 10 wolves or or uh, um, and, and uh, the Game Boy Advance game Mega Man Battle Network. Like it, the entire story revolved around. Well, you have you know oh. you're good. Oh, I came up with no, no. I came up with like twenty two. My number twenty is only I can solve this problem, no matter how menial or easy it would be for anyone else to do so. Mm. Only me. I'm the only one that can do it. Which uh -huh. le which actually corresponds really well with your fetch quest. Hey, can you go and gather me like fifteen of these flowers? Right. Be careful though. There's a particular kind of like uh, boar that you know 
eats them eats too the and they'll attack you. <laughs> it's like, well, how did you used to get this flower? Oh, the 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 hunters that live in the village would go get them for me. Why can't they now? No reason. You're here now. They don't have to. <laughs> I have got more important shit to deal with than something you could literally go through your normal means of dealing with. <laughs> like what the? F- <laughs> oh, so have have you seen that Bane and guy in purple spandex meme? Uh, I don't think so. So uh, not that I can so, remember. Yeah. So there's a there's a meme, and uh, related to your to your grind uh, mechanic, it's uh, <clears throat> so like Bane is playing the part of the first boss. And guy in pink spandex is you who uh, ran through all the side quests first, and now you're like level twenty. <laughs> kind of goes along with your just rolling in there and exploding them. Oh yeah, grinding just because then it's just like kicks your butt. Then it's just kick the crap out of this boss. This would have been hard if I hadn't. This level fifteen boss would have been absolutely hard if I hadn't grinded up to level forty. <laughs> and then Rolling it exploded. Yeah. Then I looked at it and exploded into confetti. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh yeah, fetch fetch quests are, are very annoying when when they're <clears throat> and and maybe all these shitty mechanics have kind of an underlying theme like shitty game design. Or laziness or something like fetch quests to give you lore or just fetch quests for just whatever reason. I I don't like them. (laughs) Put it that way. Uh, My next pick goes along with that. So my next one, escort missions. Oh, that's on my list. Yep, I I avoid them fucking hate them and you know what makes them even stupider when the enemies always just ignore you and go for the thing you're trying to protect you can be slaughtering these enemies you could be shoving your sword up their butts you could be violating the you could be violating the female ones you could be selling some of them in the slavery but they completely ignore you and go for the thing you're trying to protect that is the escort missions are the worst. And especially when your escort has a death wish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Like when they like to just either stay way, way behind you or they like to shoot up in front of you while you're already still de- you're dealing with enemies already. And they just run up to the next spot where more enemies spawn. Well, thanks, dumb fuck. Now I have to bring the group I'm still dealing with to the new group, which makes this even more dangerous for both of us. <laughs> wow, that wasn't that smart of you, NPC. <laughs> oh, there was there was, there was a uh, Fallout 4 meme I saw a couple years back and introduced me to one of my favorite insults. Like it, It's like the you as the character trying to get through a door, but the NPCs just standing right there and you can't move past him and, mm. char- and you as a character shouting move out of the way you leaky derp sack 
Yeah. I have I've literally gotten stuck in a corner in some of the older uh RPGs. You get can get stuck in corners like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> like uh <laughs> like just move. And for those who don't understand the whole uh what if the escort thing lags behind? Um, now, in some RPGs, when you're escorting someone and they lag way behind you, it can be beneficial because you can run ahead, trigger the enemies, and kill them at your own speed, just making the entire path safe. The problem with a lot of them, though, is that your encounters happen come from in front and behind you. So if you are moving ahead and the... Uh, npc has decided it's going to lag behind you what ends up happening is you'll go you'll be like where the fuck is the npc at and you'll go running back and they're being mobbed by like 15 dudes Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like uh... and if you wait with those kinds if you go well why don't you just stay with the npc and wait that's usually what will happen is both enemy groups will come at you at the same time, mm-hmm. which makes it uh, yeah. which, which makes it rough because usually because the way a lot of escort missions like that will work is they want they will send stronger and stronger enemies into your face. Mm-hmm. And I know in a lot of uh, situations, the last thing I wanted to do was have to deal with four or five elites at a time. Mm-hmm. Another good one to tie into that is forced slow walking. Forced, uh, forced slow walking? Yeah, well, so like, you know, uh, I, I guess it's like for a third person or whatever, you know, you can, you can run, you can sprint. But then at, at some point, like, a, like you're getting up to a cut scene or in the case of an escort mission, you have to walk at a, you know, you can't sprint, but then at the same time, your your escort is walking at a pace between walk and sprint, and you're like, uh, and, and you know, like you said, you're either trying to catch up, or they've just lagged behind, and then you you got they're mobbed by fifteen bad guys, kind of thing. <clears throat> or you know, you get into an area where sprinting's disabled, and and you just want to run, but you can't, and it's irritating. <clears throat> so that's a, that's a tie-in for that one. Uh, so how about this one? I think we've talked about this one before. Bullet sponges. Yep, that one was also on my list. Uh, not my next one, but bullet sponges is definitely on my list. And especially yep. <clears throat> when they use it to ramp up difficulty. And I'm using air quotes when I say difficulty. And just, just, just give them a life bar that doesn't end. Uh, and usually, because I have another another one of mine is when they uh, increase uh, a boss's uh, damage, defense, and recovery, which happens a lot in, uh, which is mostly applicable to fighting games. So you go into your arcade mode. Well, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there because it mostly uh, applies to fighting games. Um, but yeah, uh, bullet sponging, 
how do we make the boss harder? <clears throat> Give it more health bars. <clears throat> that'll that that that'll work. Now it can just run into your uh, now it can just run into the player's face and beat on them, and there's not really anything they can do. Right. <laughs> My favorite was when it comes uh, to that was like the multicolored health bar. Like it starts out yellow, and then as you whittle that bar down, you see red behind it or blue, and then it gets down to red, and yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, just bullet sponging, not good. Don't do it. <clears throat> yeah, it's fucking dumb. Uh, you saw that was basically what was the big problem of Division when it came out. Uh, uh, the later levels, it was nothing but bullet sponges. Uh, it was the same damn guy, it was the same guy, just 50 health bars or 500,000 health. Just like I don't even have the amount of ammo necessary to kill this thing. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Um, where was it? When I played it, there was, uh, I want to say it was in Clinton or, you know, one of, one of the parts of the boroughs where the safe house was upstairs in like a, like a school gymnasium. And then you you get out, you go down, and then right across the street there's like a a roving band of cleaners, the guys with the with the flamethrowers and everything. Yeah, could not fucking kill them. Like I'd get one or two of them, but then the the lead guy he'd he'd always ice me, it would piss me off so bad. Because it's bullshit. It's just telling the player you're not allowed to kill this yet. <laughs> That's all. It has nothing to do with the player coming up with tactics. It has nothing to do with boss mechanics. It's just you're not allowed to immediately, no matter how prepared you are for this fight, you're not allowed to just win, right? And I know how that sounds. Well, of course they don't want you just winning, right? Which is usually why you have boss mechanics which is usually why your players need to form a plan to deal with the boss but if the only way you can tell the players they are not allowed to win no matter how prepared they are for the fight is to just give the boss so much health they can't win you're not making the fight harder and you're not making the fight better you're making it an annoying chore and no one wants to fucking do chores hmm. <clears throat> in, in the first destiny there was a uh there was a vandal that uh, players named him Randall the Vandal. He was unkillable. Yeah, you could you could empty all your magazines into him, and he'd just look at you and then run off. But yeah, so eh, makes sense. But yeah, bullet sponging. Uh, another one. Uh, we'll do one of mine. Uh, not not the next one on my list, but it is on my list, and it's actually a good segue to to bullet sponging. Uh -huh. Because if it's not bullet sponging, what does a game like to do? Just kill you outright. <clears throat> no, oh, oh, there's another thing video games love to do. If they don't turn things into bullet sponges, what do they do? Oh, Zerg rush you. They Zerg rush the shit out of you. We'll just send a shit ton of things at you at 
once that you couldn't possibly that you could barely manage because they they try to make it at least somewhat manageable, but for the most part, you're not so you, you can barely manage it. They just zerg rush you down. Uh, the flood comes to mind from Halo. <clears throat> well, that's actually what the flood are for, though. It's one thing if an enemy is designed that that's how they work. It's another thing when it's the fucking uh. Protoss zerging you, or mm. it is the uh, well, no, I guess Zerg is a Zerg because it doesn't really matter what it is. Because what would what they would actually do is not that they would just Zerg rush you, right? It was that they would like Zerg rush you with boss level characters. Like, here's 50 elites, mm. oh, live, <laughs> uh, it, it's like. Here we're gonna do a uh, a horde mode. Uh, here's ten. Now here's twenty. Now here's forty. Now here's eighty. Now here's three hundred. Live. Mm. <laughs> like that's what they do with the Zerg rush shit. And it's like, yeah, Zerg rushing, fucking terrible. Mm. Like, ugh. Um, actually, that bring well. I can put that with my. I can actually roll that into um, another one on my list. I can actually roll that into another one on my list. So go ahead. Level scaling. Oh, where everything scales to your level, no matter how strong you get. Yep. Yeah, that's fucking annoying. Probably a fun um, for a lot of RPG players. <laughs> Uh, I mostly run into it with certain D and D, uh, D and D dungeon masters mm. because they feel like everything has to be a life and death struggle. There is nothing wrong with the player feeling powerful. Mm. There is nothing <laughs> wrong with your player actually improving so that things that were a threat to them before are Excuse no me. longer a threat to them. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with it, but every every god like there are certain games. Not all games do it. I've actually run into uh, I've actually run into it very. Uh, uh, I haven't run into it very much. Um, there aren't many games I can even recollect that do it. In fact, there's no game I can think of off the top of my head that does it. Um, but yeah, level scaling is just terrible <laughs> it is okay for your players to be strong like when i would run a DD campaign what i would do is if when you're level one goblins are a threat a, a, a group of goblins can murder a level one party no problem but once that party is level five level six if they're going back through that area every like the i would do it where uh, every area has a demographic of wildlife. So if goblins are in, I don't know, Chicago, and you guys are in California fighting fucking red dragons, when you go back to Chicago, if a group of goblins jumps out on you, you just crush them because you've improved as you've improved as players. You've grown stronger. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just like a martial artist or anybody who uh, trains in, com in combat. Mm. Like, you fight someone who <laughs> also knows how to fight. It's a completely different fight than when you fight someone who has no clue what the fuck they're doing. 
Mm. Right. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with your players feeling strong or that they've improved. Level scaling is a is just a pain in the butt. And DMs that make every encounter you run into a life or death struggle, those games are rarely ever fun for very long. Mm. Not unless you're the type of group that likes that hardcore <clears throat> kind of stuff. Right. Like I do know there are some groups of people they love that kind of hard that, that kind of hardcore where everything's a life or death struggle. I don't. I don't like feeling like no matter how much I've leveled up, no matter what plans I come up with, I am always about to die. The entire reason human beings come up with plans is to literally mitigate dying or almost dying. <laughs> That's why we come up with plans. That's why strategy is a thing. Right? <laughs> How dare you That's why we move to... Your own ideas and shit. Right. I know. It, it's, it's literally why guns became the prominent weapon in the world. Missiles, guns, things that take us out of danger but still allow us to defeat our target. That's the entire point. If everyone wanted to be in a life or death struggle, we'd still be using swords and shields. Mm. That's what that is. <clears throat> right. <laughs> uh. mm. So what you got next then? Uh. Okay. Uh, my next one is not being able to climb over manageable objects. Hmm. Don't you love it when an area is closed off and you cannot get to it and the only thing that's stopping you is a couple of knee-high rocks? <laughs> and you're just like, I could just climb over this. I could literally just climb over this. There is a child with me who I found who is scared for their parent who is on the other side of this obstacle. They could climb over this. Why can't I just climb over this? Mm. This is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Bethesda famous for that? I think Bethesda is the one are the ones uh either them or Ubisoft. I'm not sure which. No, oh, I've got an Ubisoft one on my list too. <laughs> but yeah, it is the most annoying thing. Or like a chair. Like you like you have an enemy on the other side of a chair. There's nothing you can do, and you're like, well, "Couldn't I just literally step on the chair and kick them in the face?" Nope, I can't kick the chair at them. That is, nope. That is too mechanically sophisticated for you. You goddamn murder hobo. <laughs> <laughs> like you go around that goddamn chair. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Uh, one of my personal ones that I can tie into that, it, and it's bad in Destiny, getting caught on the scenery. Mm. Yeah, I think that can be seen as one too. Getting and and it's not like uh, running into something, like running into a wall or running directly into an object, like a tree or something. Mm -hmm. It's when you're going past something and you just get caught just on the edge of mm -hmm. it because reason. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's so stupid. It's bullshit. Is what it is. And is it is bullshit. And sometimes there's not even anything there. 
you're just caught on air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a big thing. <laughs> it's a big thing happen that happens to me and my friends in Destiny. In fact, uh, <clears throat> like Chewie, when we will we'll be playing Destiny, and then all of a sudden it'll be like, "Fuck, I got stuck on the scenery." God damn it! And and then he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, uh, or more recently with uh, with this new season, the uh, there's an there's an exotic quest to get a new scout rifle. And one of the mechanics is to get through certain barriers, you have to shoot these spores. Well, there's one part where you have to shoot the spores and, and then you have to make like a, a hundred meter dash through corridors to get to the, to get past the barrier. And uh, the last time we did it, I think two days ago, I got stuck on fucking scenery and then had to go back, try to get the spores again, got stuck on scenery again. And I was like, fuck it, just pull me. Just go and, and pull me. I'm, I'm not dealing with this shit. Yeah. God damn, getting stuck on absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, boy. That shit gets, especially, and don't you love it when it happens during a timed event? You got like 15 seconds to get back. You know you can make it. You're going along, and then you just get stuck for three seconds, and you can't figure out how to get off it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Irritating. Very, very irritating. It's like, why why does it have to be like this? It it didn't have to be like that, though. (laughs) It it didn't. It didn't have to be like this. Um, uh, Mine is sticking something cool in your game behind the worst mechanics you can think of. So like every rated so destiny after, absolutely yes. <clears throat> I, I was about to say you should be able to, uh, you should be able to. Uh, destiny is a real, real big culprit of this. Taking always sticking like the coolest shit behind the worst grind, behind the worst chore. Like, uh, yeah. Um... So, like, Destiny 1, the first raid you had was the Vault of Glass, which was against the Vex. It was challenging, but it, was, it wasn't, like, pull out your hair, slit your wrist, terrible. Then Crota's End was the next one, which, a little more challenging. There was, you know, one or two, a couple more mechanics you had to deal with. But, you know, not slit your wrist, fucking pull your hair out, terrible. Taken King. That's where it started going downhill for me. Never finished that raid. And the ship jumping puzzle, uh, so frustrating. Because that was, you had to memorize, you know, where, where that ship was going to, you know, teleport into. How long was it going to be there? You know, which direction did you jump for the next ship? Dude, that Taking King platforming bullshit, I hated it. I ran, I would run that with my raid group at the time, mm-hmm. and there would be times I just couldn't do it. I'd be like, just go and pull me through. <laughs> this just isn't going to happen. Like, I hated it. I hated it so much. But, but I ran, I was like the literal sixth person in the raid group. So I kind of needed to run it so that they could do it. 
And I was just, oh, I fucking hated it. Because if if I didn't, if my raid group didn't need me to run it with them, I never would do it. I would never do that raid. <laughs> Fuck that raid. <laughs> Fuck that raid. <laughs> it only got worse after that. Because then there was the Siva one. I never, never even got to. I don't think ever think I got to the boss on that one. And I don't think I ever got a chance to do the Siva one. Not missing out. Like the. Oh God, it was fucking horrible. Like you had to, the first part was surviving, uh, surviving long enough to get this big, like big as like three city blocks. Like, uh, I want to say it was like a steamroller, but it, it was like, a basically it was an unstoppable wall coming towards you. And, and that, that's when it got super mechanic heavy. And then it's only gotten as it's only gotten worse in Destiny Two. Oh, uh, I can't say that because the the Callus raid I did complete that. That one wasn't as bad, but oh god, it was fucking annoying, especially when you had to get uh, do the uh, oh what they call it, like the you'd have to get the banners, and uh, you know you have to go go to this place and get this banner. So, but to get that banner, you had to kill everything in that area. Then the banner, the bannermen would show up. You kill them. You grab the banner and then go plant it on the thing, and then rinse repeat. And what was it? There were like it would rotate. There were so many. Ugh. The the gauntlet that one was fucking horrible. And it was, it was just like you'd have to have one person call out, you know, shoot, um, like shoot war dogs, or you have to shoot like th- there's like three spots to shoot. You have to shoot exactly the right one in order to let the next part of the gauntlet open up so the people running through it could get through it. It is fucking frustrating. And let's see, there's the, the last wish. Haven't even done that one. Well, haven't done it the whole way through don't really care to then there was the the new fallen one uh that introduced the like the i'd call him like a mech you know like a mech warrior kind of thing oh god that one was fucking horrible too i we spent like 10 hours on that thing and everybody was so fucking pissed off by the time we stopped yeah i'll bet and uh, no one was more pissed off than my german friend because he was just like I cussed him out when he, like he snapped me. I was like, "Fucking fuck you, Sasha! God damn it! Fucking fuck ass bullshit!" <laughs> yeah, overly overly complicated mechanics for the sake of reasons, or because yeah. because the hardcore players who do nothing but play ten, twelve, fifteen hours a day have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> You're not wrong. I hate it too. Like it's just Diablo unfortunately has kind of an issue with that because they instituted what are called uh Diablo 3. Diablo 3 has an issue with that cuz they instituted what are called caches and there are five areas and in each area you have to do five what are called bounties. Um it's called bounties, but you get a cash from them. And what you need is in the cash. And it is a resource that you can 
only get from the caches that you do in bounties. And it's five areas, and each area has five bounties. You do all five bounties in that area, you get one cache. And you have to do that. And it's the only way to get the materials you need in order to improve your armor to, like, your your uh, gear and stuff mm-hmm. to their max. Like, there are ways that you need to, like, you can take, like, a rare item and improve it into a legendary item, which sometimes is the most efficient way you can get some items. Uh, items can be given a fifth stat they normally come with uh not fifth but a seventh because they normally come with six uh four main stats two substats Uh um and you can actually give them a six stat but you need those resources Uh and go and doing the doing the bounties is just the biggest chore it's go kill this my the ones, my favorite ones, my favorites are the, hey, go to the second level of this place and kill everything in the second level. We're going to start you off at the first level. Mm. Or or we're going to start you off in the over map and you have to go find the first level. Then you have to go through the first level and find the second level. And then you can actually start the bounty. Mm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. Destiny has a similar thing, or uh, um, for like like doing the getting getting the caches to get that material in order to master work your uh, your gear, like your your armor set. You have to have what are called ascendant shards, and there's only a handful of ways to get it. There's like, and it's not always a guaranteed drop. The only guaranteed way is to go to Banshee and buy it. Otherwise, it's like challenging or difficult activities, but then it's not a guarantee. Right. Ooh, that's another one I can. No, that's another one I can add for fucking mechanics I hate. Thanks to Destiny. Where's my pen? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, was that yours or mine? That was mine. Okay. Introducing something cool than putting it behind the biggest chore. Yeah, that one was mine. All right, so... So, go ahead. Out of mission area. Oh, yeah, and they don't actually navigate you very well. Or just the fact that you have this one circle in order to do the mission. Or, uh... (sighs) Godfather... uh, the The PlayStation Godfather game was horrible with that. Yeah, uh, Warframe has that too, where you have to go uh, to a specific area and it has the little circle on the map. And if you go out of that, you cannot complete the quest. Or if you go out of that, you can't find the item. Even if it's a normal item that is all over the area that you're in. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that is a stupid one. That is a really stupid one. Mm, yeah, and uh, you, you kind of mentioned it, so I'll, I'll, do, I'll make this a two-for-one. Timed missions. Yeah. I hate being put on a time limit. I'm surprised I didn't even think of that one to put on the list. Yeah, t- time missions are just... Uh... Uh, the worst one, the worst one I I can remember, 
I'm sure you remember the underwater mission from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember. Was that tur- that wasn't Turtles in Time, was it, or was that a different one? No, it was. That wasn't Turtles in Time. That was another one. No, it was the first the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Nintendo game. Yeah, where you had to defuse the bombs, you know, in the sewer, but like everywhere had the the kill you seaweed. Mm. Hell, I was telling you a couple of podcasts back uh, how in Warhammer Two, um, I was doing that one uh, legendary item for my lord, and I won. But because I didn't, because the army didn't get the army has broken penalty within the time limit, I still lost because it had to be done within the time limit, even though I had already scattered their army, like their units had broken. I just didn't get the army lost penalty or I didn't get the army lost before the time had ran out. But I had won. Mm. Like I was so pissed about that. I think that was the, actually the one that I uh, that I put up on stream so that you could watch, if I'm not mistaken, because I was doing Lizard Men and it was against Dark Elves. Might have been, but yeah, I, I, I can imagine that was super frustrating. Uh, so yeah, like timed missions and timed events are just fucking terrible. Like they should be—I won't even say they're terrible. But I say that in normal gameplay, they don't have a place. They should absolutely be relegated to their own thing, like a normal time trial. And then if you want to do them, you can, and you can get like extra rewards or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. But there shouldn't be anything that's just timed. Like, not like that anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, I know there are some things, like in some of the Dynasty Warriors games, it was like, hey, uh, kill five of these spies before they get away and the spies are actively looking for uh but it's not a timed event there's no timer it just says hey these spies have important intel kill them before they can get away so what ends up happening is they're actively looking for the exits on the map and you have to kill them before they can get to those exits and leave and that's your timer find them before they get away which makes sense they're fucking assassins of course they're going to be trying to get out Right. So, like, if if timed events were like that, it'd be a whole different story. But they're not. It's hey, you have one minute to do this. Monster Hunter World does that. <laughs> where, uh, oh, I I forgot to, I forgot to say, Monster Hunter Rise is looking excellent. Mm. Monster Hunter Rise is looking absolutely excellent. Um, I need to get a Switch if I want to play it. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to wait the six to seven months for it to come to PC. Mm. Um, but uh. Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter World did this in their demos where their flagship monsters were a hunt you could do, and you had like 10 or 15 minutes to do it. It is so hard to kill a monster that tough in only 15 to 10 minutes. Mm. It's insanely difficult. Mm. Um, And it's like, just let us fight it. (laughs) Just let us fight it and have fun fighting it. Like, yeah. But, uh, like, do we have to go through this? Uh, uh, okay. Dynasty Warriors, as an example of the timed event to get extra rewards, remember uh, when we would play, you would look up, like, you have to kill X amount of people in X amount of time or get to 
this spot next amount of time and that's how we'd get like our favorite characters like secret weapons <clears throat> oh yeah we had to work together on that because otherwise it, it was almost impossible for us to do it on our own mm -hmm. we actually had to get together and work on it together because i remember uh because if you didn't because you had to do it on the uh i remember because uh you had to do it on the hardest difficulty you had to do it on a specific map and you had a specific set of uh a specific set of tasks you had to do like uh uh requirements that you had to do and you had to look them and we had to look them up because we couldn't figure out why we couldn't get the weapon and then it would be like uh i remember one we were getting yours and i went in as zhang it was a Zhang. It was Zhang Hei. It was the. It was the guy from the. Uh, from the. Uh, the was it Wu? It was a guy from Wu in the red because Wu was red. No, Wu was green. Who was red? Because it was Wu. There was Cao Cao's faction. There was Liu Bei's faction, and then there was the red faction. Sun Sun Tzu. Because you had the or Sun. Was, yeah, the Sun Tzu. Yeah, the Sun family. No, they were Wu. There were there was Wu Lu or and they Cao. Okay, then that's what it was. Okay, so yeah, Wu, and I know I like to play. It was Zhang Hei, I think it was, and he was a long sword wielder. And we went to get your weapon, and it had to be like like I said, it was hardest difficulty. We had to hit a certain. It was a certain map, and we had to do a certain a uh, certain number of things but on the hardest difficulty if you left any of your generals by themselves they died <laughs> no way around it they fucking died you could not leave them alone to fight uh any of the uh, enemy generals and i remember us running around like fucking chickens with our heads cut cut off trying to make sure that we could intercept inter uh, enemy generals or get to our generals before they died to kill the enemy generals because the missions usually involved that none of our generals could die mm. so we had to keep them all alive mm. i remember the one specific one it, it, we were lucky because the weapon that you – I forget who it was you wanted the weapon for. I don't know if it was uh, – I think it was the Sun young, the, He was my favorite. The guy uh, with the, the guy, Yeah, the guy with the Tomfas. That's who I was thinking. I think we were getting yours, and uh, I was sitting – and the only person who couldn't be defeated was you. Everybody else could. So we were just like, fuck it. As long as we don't die – just go do the task because I remember you had to run over at a certain time for like a supply thing to show up and you had to be the one to destroy it because the first time we did it, I destroyed it and we didn't get your weapon. And it was like you, you it has to be you. It didn't matter that you had someone helping you and that it was done. You specifically had to do it. We were so pissed. <laughs> and we had to do it again. And then I remember it ended up because at by the time we got to the end of the mission, it was literally me and you fighting an entire map of nothing but enemies. We were the only ones left, and we're just murdering hundreds of grunts because the whole map is filled with enemies. They took over every gate. They took over every fort because we just had to let them in order to do all the stupid little missions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> like, we were just lucky that the only condition for failing was you had to die. Because we had built our characters up so much that as long as we stayed together, we just fucking dusted things. Uh, unless it was Lu Bu. If it was Lu Bu, mm-hmm. we just ran because you can't fuck with Lu Bu on the hardest difficulty. You stay away from that guy. Yeah, I was going to say <clears throat> this difficult shit. And then all of a sudden you hear, oh, God, here comes Lu Bu. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you get the fuck out of Dodge. Like, oh, I remember. Uh, I think it was also with you. I, I don't know if it was with you or if it was with my cousin, but there was a mission we that we specifically did where we had to it was on Lee it was on Lubu's map, and I think we were getting red hair for Guan Yu. And what you had to do is that you couldn't beat Lu Bu first. You had to let him stay on the map, meaning all your generals were gonna get killed. Because he just would go from general to general murdering things because he's a monster. And uh, you had to go kill a supply. You had to be near the bridge at a certain time. And then you – like when Lu – because there's a, there's a point in time when Lu Bu will retreat into his castle and stay there. So when he – you had to defeat a supply carrier – let him retreat into his castle, then be at a bridge, and then the uh, and then Red Hair would show up, and you had to jump on Red Hair. Then you had to finish the mission on Red Hair. If you got knocked off and finished the mission, you didn't get him. You had to stay on him. And I remember what would happen is Lubu would then come out of his castle, and he'd be chasing us the fuck around because you couldn't fight him. But you had to beat him. He was the last thing. You had to beat Lubu on the hardest difficulty, and you had to beat him. And what would happen is he would hit us once and knock off three quarters of our health bar. And so we would just run. And one of the other, and one of us would hit him to lure him. We we grab his aggro and start luring him away from the person who was about to die. Because if any either of us died, the mission failed. So we'd have to so so I'd just be running around like, yeah, he's still behind me. And I'm just luring and I'm like, oh shit, he caught me. He winged me and I lost all and I almost died. It's like I can't and then you'd be like, okay, I found health. I remember I th- I think it was me and you. Cause I remember we did it like four times and failed it every time. And then we were like, okay, we have to do this flawlessly. We can't use any of the health items. We have to leave them for when it's just Lubu left. And then every time we get even winged, we have to go. One of us has to lead him away, and the other person can go get one of the health things. Because it used to be we would go and we would just pop the health things and get them if we had even a little bit of health gone. But we were like, no, no, we have to specifically save it for this last fight. So, yeah, that was. Uh. <laughs> mm. Uh, All right, so what, what you got next? Uh, refusing to explain anything. Mm. And, and I don't mean the people who make the game. I mean in-game, games don't like to explain shit. They give you a basic tutorial, but they don't like to explain uh, this skill gives you a percentage chance to be invulnerable. Okay, so what's the chance? Is it? Do you have a ten percent chance of becoming invulnerable? Do I have a twenty-five percent chance? Do Do I have a fifty-fifty? Sh- like, what is the percentage chance mm, of this skill? Uh, huh? Just a percent. <laughs> J- yeah, just a percent. 
Like, well, then I don't know if it's worth it to replace another item that has better stats, but invulnerability is really good. So if it's only going to proc once every 20 times I get hit, that might not be worth it. So, and you won't, like, how am I supposed to know if that's worth it? And then, oh, here's a skill that boosts your damage. Oh, well, by how much? Just boost your damage. <laughs> but by how much game I, I don't know if that is worth using if it only gives me a one percent increase <laughs> like uh just just hate explaining anything they hate it man they hate it like go figure it out just, just good <laughs> I've got I've got the next best one after you're finished. Uh, no, the, I'm just ranting at this point. I hate games that do it. I yeah. or this ability. Uh, fighting games are is fighting games can be really bad about it. Um, this is uh, this ability. Uh, what's a what's a really good one? What's a really good one? Um, What's a good one uh, from? Uh... <clears throat> we'll go with uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Well, in Dragon Ball Fighters, they've gotten to the point it, lately in fighting games, they've gotten to the point where they try to make sure they explain everything. The only thing in fighting games currently that I don't like is uh, when I was praising Killer Instinct for it, where it mm. tells you what your character's best buttons are. It runs you through what your character's game plan is so that you understand what your character is supposed to do. That's the only thing other uh, fighting games currently still don't do other than Killer Instinct. They don't like to explain how the characters work and what their aim in a com in a combat situation is um and i always thought if you're gonna have people play your fighting game if you want them to get good at it and you want them to stick with it you have to give them the tools to do so you need to let them know how things actually work right mm -hmm. um i think a a probably yeah but fighting games for the outside of that fighting games now are pretty good for it. Fighting games back in the day were horrible for it. Uh, <laughs> this fireball, uh, this is a normal fireball. This fireball has a special property. What's the special property? It has a special property. <laughs> but, but what's the special property? What does that do? What does that mean? I, I don't understand how that interacts in the game. It's like this, this ability gives your uh, character a buff. What's the buff? It gives it a buff. What, is it a damage buff? Is it a defensive buff? Is it a recovery buff? Does it heal? Like, wh what is the buff? And what does that buff do? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it just buffs you. Uh, it just Don't buffs you. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry so on, about it. Just try it out and see what happens. <laughs> so on the other side of the coin for that is... Uh, Overly handholdy tutorials. Hmm. I'm starting to think you can't be too handholdy. In what way do you mean? <laughs> well, so I, this is this is from the YouTube video, and I think they they mentioned a, a Zelda game. And like, well, what, before you say it, hold on. 
this mm. it, before you say it because you're going to explain it. This is what I feel handholdy is for tutorials because there is a uh, there is a type of tutorial that I fucking hate. It's the one you can't skip. It's the <laughs> one that every time you make a new character, every time you restart it, if you restart it from the beginning, you cannot skip the tutorial. You have to go through it. Even if you already know how to play it, if you uninstall the game and reinstall it later, got to go through that tutorial. No skipping. How do we know you still remember how to play the game? I don't know. Maybe because I have a thousand hours in the goddamn game, you assholes. Just let me <laughs> skip the tutorial. I know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> uh, well, so they, they, they bring up a Zelda game, and, and it's along the lines of, okay, so you use this button to jump use this button to do this you use this button to do that and it's like for every like so it's like every mechanic or concept in the game it's got a detailed tutorial and then and then at the very end it's like you, you got all this right <clears throat> i i haven't come across a game that has overly handholdy tutorials but i can i can see why it would be irritating yeah. The worst tutorials to me are the ones you are not allowed to skip, no matter how much you've played the game, no matter how long you've been with the game. You're not allowed to skip it. Even if you're new to the game, let's say it's something like League of Legends and Dota. They're basically the same game. League of Legends, literally, you might as well have cut off Dota's finger, and that was League of Legends, right? Hmm. And it just grew a whole new game. If you go from Dota to League of Legends, there might be some mechanics differences, but for the most part, you know how to if you played one MOBA, you know how to play a MOBA. Mm. I shouldn't need to go through the tutorial of how to play. I should be able to have the option of skipping it if I am fairly confident I know what I'm doing. Believe me, anyone who goes into a competitive game without knowing what the fuck they're doing will absolutely learn the error of their ways the moment they get into a match with someone who does know what they're doing. They hmm. will immediately regret skipping that tutorial. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, that that's what I got. So what do you have for your next one? Okay. Uh, my next one is winning fights only to lose them. Perfect example, uh, Warhammer 2. <laughs> mm, well, a good example is, uh, remember ever any RPG, any cinematic video game where you uh, come in contact with a boss, you beat that boss, and then in the next cutscene, that boss talks about how he kicked the shit out of you? Mm. And you're sitting there like, dude, you never even touched me. I literally perfect you. I literally perfect you. And now you're sitting here talking shit and my character looks like he got his ass beat? Are you serious? <laughs> uh, like, Devil May Cry does it with, uh, with your, Devil May Cry 3 does it with your first fight with Virgil. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Not with your first fight with Virgil. Not with your first fight, because Virgil, they actually do go into a cinematic where Virgil actually defeats you. Well, no, they do kind of do it with Virgil because in in uh, in Devil May Cry three, you're playing as Dante, and your first fight with Virgil is how you get your Devil Trigger, and you could play that fight 
perfectly and beat Virgil. And then they go into a cinematic where he uh, disarms you, takes your sword, and shoves it through your heart. Right? Hmm. When in the match, like in the actual fight against him, you might have been beating the crap out of him without any trouble whatsoever. It's the third installment of the game, and if you know how to play, if you're able to play the other two well, it's very well within uh, within the realm that you would have just beaten him, no problem, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, in Devil May Cry Five, you fight the boss in the first. Your first boss is the last boss. His name's Urizen, and mm-hmm. if you beat him in that first fight, which is possible, if you beat him, the game ends. It says, thank you for playing. Everyone lived happily ever after because you beat him. (laughs) So, and I've noticed in a lot of RPGs, you will beat a boss fight only for the boss to then throw you in jail or start gloating how they beat you so easily and then you have to be rescued by another character. I hate that. If the boss is supposed to win, just make the entire encounter a cinematic. There's a, I think there's a fight in Final Fantasy XIV that I was watching where there is a, uh, there is a boss. He's like a sword master from the Gardenian Empire who you who you fight against, and the entire time you are fighting him, it gives you the impression it was actually done really well. This isn't a fight uh win to lose scenario it's a he never took you seriously in the first place and he was Mm. only seeing just how strong you were (laughs) um so like once you once you get to like a certain point in his health like they give a good explanation but it's still you winning to lose because you don't beat him right so it's like I hate that. It's better just make it a cinematic where he actually just beats us. Don't let us fight, win, and then act, and then the character gets to act like he won when we were literally ragdolling him all over the place. <laughs> right. It's like first off, how dare you? Second off, how yeah. dare? <laughs> like you disrespectful little strumpet. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even rewear this shoe. It was so far up your ass. What are you talking about? Ooh, that sounds like a good t-shirt idea. <laughs> I can't even rewear this shoe. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's another pet peeve of mine that I think is a, a a stupid mechanic. Having you go into a boss fight, beat that boss, and then the next cinematic is the boss beating you up, even though you literally just like you weren't even close. Actually, Warhammer Two is guilty of that because there will be there will be uh, uh battles that you'll do, and you're not even close to losing you'll still have most of your army and the enemy will have lost three quarters or more of their army and the game will tell you oh that was a close victory and you're like what (laughs) i crushed them what are you talking about i lost five people they lost more than half their entire army how was that a close victory Mm. (laughs) right 
So yeah, Warhammer is actually guilty of that at times. All right, I've got a I've got a two for one here for you. So uh, okay, restarting the mission from the beginning. Mm. Also, in addition, um, when when it applies, unpausable cutscenes. Yeah. Actually, you can since you're saying uh, restarting the mission from the beginning, you can also add save points or only at the beginning of the dungeon. Mm. So if you die any time in the dungeon, you have to start all the way from the beginning of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Or uh, that was a thing for far too long. Mafia Three has this has an issue where it only saves like you don't have the option like you can't hit starts and save. You have to drive around until you see the save icon go off. Which I think is stupid. It is. So, and, uh, what is it? Oh, there, another Facebook meme I saw was, uh, you know, you, you're at the boss fight and, uh, you die but you can't skip the cutscene, So it's like your fifth time and you're just like mockingly repeating everything that the cutscene is saying because you're so pissed off. Mm. No, absolutely understand that too. All right. What you got next? Uh, give me just a sec. But yeah, okay. Next one. Uh, okay, uh, escort missions. We already went over. Mm-hmm. Uh, new characters are always busted to promote sales. Uh, this is especially true in games with power creep, like uh, card games, uh, gotcha games, uh, fighting games. The character is super busted because gotta got people have to want to buy it, right? So the character is just super busted right out of the gate. League of Legends was a big perpetrator of this for the longest time. They still kinda are. They seem to have been pulling it back a little bit in recent times. But when I used to play heavily, every new character used to be just broken right down the middle. They'd have to nerf the character and like within like a week maybe a month of them being released hmm. um uh i'm trying to think there was a character that got really oh i think it was uh uh if i can remember her name um no it was diana so diana when she first released when when she got debuted everyone was like she sounds weak and basically she had a uh her her first ability was a curve a moon shaped curved uh projectile that you had to uh they basically had to aim and if you got hit by it her ultimate allowed her to teleport to you and it gave her extra damage because it put a debuff on you called moonlight her second ability was a shield that had four orbs around it. The, the shield absorbed damage like normal, but the orbs did damage. And if she was close enough to you that all four orbs popped, it refreshed her shield and made it bigger. 
So she would literally get the shield back for a longer amount of time and get it, and it would be a bigger shield than it was. And her third ability was an a uh, an area around her that would pull you back to her. So <laughs> what? So I was looking at her uh, abilities and I was like, dude, this sounds busted as shit. And it's all based off of. And she was an AP character, meaning ability power. There's oh. uh there's physical damage and then there's magic damage. That's what ability power basically was. It was magic damage. All her stuff scaled off of magic damage. I was like, dude, this sounds fucking busted. I was telling people, this sounds busted. This sounds like a better version of a character they already had. What do you mean she has a shield that does damage based off of her off of her main stat? This is a shield that does damage based off her main stat. And when she does all the and when it does all of its damage, it refreshes and gets bigger? Mm. What? It's <laughs> like what? Day one, she drops. She starts blowing people out of the fucking water, man. She's doing whatever she wants. They had to nerf her, I think, the second week of her release. They had to nerf her. Because mm. she was so stupid good. Couldn't imagine why. <laughs> like, I was just like, ugh. It, and it was the same thing with, uh, and I think I talk about this probably too much. It was the same thing with another character called Fiora, who they did a rework for. And her rework gave her true damage, meaning it ignored all defense. She got a uh, uh, a dash, which was a gap closer, that she could use to get in or get away. She had a riposte that reflected that made her immune to damage and any cc or crowd control like a stun or a root or an immobilize that hit it got reflected back at the person who threw it hmm. she got a attack speed increase uh, she had an ability that increased her attack speed and her speed and her passive with true damage was that there were these uh there were these little uh, – there was a circle that would be around the character, and they would be four parts to the circle. And every time you hit one of the parts, she would hit it, and it would do true damage. And if you hit all four of the parts around the person, that last hit did bonus damage. And I looked at that build, and I was like, oh, she's going to be busted right down the middle. This is insane. She's going to be busted. And everybody was like, oh, she's stupid. Oh, she's going to be weaker. Oh, this is – why would I want a mini game in my game? This seems so dumb. I was like, dude, she has true damage. They gave her a speed boost so she could get to all of those circle parts. She and can increase her attack speed so she can just go smack, 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 hey, explode. Um, she's got tr she's got a dash in and a, a, she's got a dash that she can use to get in and get out, and she has a literal in she has a literal invulnerable shield that throws CC back into your face. She's gonna be insane. All the only thing you have to know as a good player is your matchup. If you know your matchup with the other character, what can they do? They can't CC her because if if she reposts you, you're dead. They can't fight her because if you try to fight her, she's going to be doing nothing but true damage, and then you're going to explode, and you're dead. Mm. You can't outrun her because she gets a speed boost. Oh, and her ultimate 
when it hit, it would root you and it would heal her. And then you were dead. And then you were dead. I was like, this is going to be insane. Everybody was like, this Every everybody was like, this is stupid. This is not going to be good. She came out. She ruled League of Legends until they nerfed that shit. She, there was nothing anybody could do with her. Like, anybody of any real skill that played her just blew people out. Her only counterpick was herself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, she was the number one champion in the game until they nerfed her. <laughs> so, same thing with Dragon Ball Fighters, and I, I, I talked about this, and I griped on this. UI Goku. <laughs> Just retarded. But hey, we gotta sell them toys, though, right? We gotta sell them toys. Fuck a balanced character overpower this guy. We gotta sell them toys. We gotta sell them toys. We gotta sell that merchandise. <laughs> dirty, dirty merch. Like, that's why whenever it's a character I actually like that comes to a game or a class that looks like I will enjoy it, I'm like, I don't want it to be overpowered. I just don't want it to be trash. I just want it to be nice and well-balanced. I just want it to be good. That's all I want. Because inevitably what they do is they, they come out all broken and ridiculously strong so that they can sell, and then they immediately get nerfed. And usually they get nerfed into the dirt so that they're completely unusable because they want pe they don't want to balance them back to being good because people would still use them. They want to nerf them into the dirt so people will use other stuff, and then they can debut their newest champion. Hmm. So it's like, that's why I always ask when a character comes out or a class comes out that I want to play and I think will be fun, I just want it to be good. I don't want it to be overpowered. I don't need it to be busted. I just want it to be good. <laughs> Indeed. So how about this one? Encumbrance. Yep, I have that on my list too. Uh, when a leaf puts me over my maximum weight and now I can't run. <laughs> yep. Skyrim, Witcher. I, I, when I played Skyrim, it was it was poor. It was terrible with that. Yeah, Skyrim is the biggest one I can think of that was just terrible with it. Um, I haven't played Witcher. It's currently on sale for 10 bucks, so I think I'm going to pick it up. Um, so I don't know how bad it can get. But I remember uh, with Skyrim, all I would have were ingredients. Like uh, spider eggs, uh, leaves. Uh, uh, it was a type of leaf. I, for I forget what the... I, I haven't played it in so long, I forget what the name of it. But they'd be like... Uh, spider eggs or some kind of like like you know uh, alchemy ingredients right mm -hmm. <clears throat> and i would just i would have nothing but alchemy ingredients on me and they would literally i'd get so many because i'm gathering them that uh oh ears like i think elf ears and uh there were like elf ears and i think there was another kind of ear you could get um yeah. but i would get so many of them that i literally would just it could move. You you have too much. Hmm. Like, damn! How much does an elf ear weigh? 
I think it's like 0.1 grams. Uh, it's less than a pound. I know that. But you're like, you're just like, you've got 15 elf ear necklaces around your neck and now you can't move. Right. Or some, something. Seems it, it was, it was always some silly shit, man. Seems ridiculous, but they put it in there and that was one on the list of annoying mechanics. Yeah, and it's like, why wouldn't these things just not weigh anything? They're not going to weigh enough to ever truly encumber me. So why not just make them not weigh anything? Uh, well, then they wouldn't have any. Like, need just for make that them weightless because they practically are. Like, I don't know anybody who gets over encumbered by a trash bag of leaves. I've never had that issue. I used to rake leaves when I was younger and put them in trash bags. Like the big heavy duty trash bags that when I was like eight or nine were bigger than me. I mm. never had an issue slinging them over my uh, shoulder unless the leaves were wet. If the leaves mm. were wet, yeah, because water is fucking heavy. I don't know. Don't let anybody tell you different. Water is heavy. Mm. There's a joke to be made in there, but I don't think it would. Uh... I don't think it would be funny. <laughs> gotcha. It's like water, uh, especially if it's heavy water. Nah. I'm sorry. I'll yeah, be. you wrong for that. Yeah, you wrong for that. There's such a thing as heavy water. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a joke I thought of, but probably wouldn't, wouldn't be appealing, I guess, or, or something. But yeah, so encumbrance is my next one. What you got? Okay, uh, microtransactions and pay to win. I feel like that <laughs> speaks for itself. <laughs> got to make that cash money, even though you spent gotta sixty make that bucks on the game money. or whatever. Yeah. And when uh, I, I think that's the the most most of that is like mobile games or something. No, it's in a lot of like uh, not just mobile games, but it's in a lot of prominent games. Um, pay to win is something that has plagued the MMO community for a good long time. Uh, one of the worst implementations of it is when um, costumes and stuff have stats on them. Mm. And it yeah. makes you and it makes you stronger because of the stat. Or if uh let's say they have a system of crafting in which you need a certain uh uh a certain component, and then you can go into the item shop and craft that component and uh, not craft and purchase that component mm -hmm. because the crafting system is based off of random chance. So getting it normally is not only hard, but you always have the chance of just not getting anything out of it. But Hey, if you throw a thousand dollars at the game, you have all the materials you need to get the stuff that you want to craft. And usually the best stuff you can craft in the game needs that material. So it's shit like that. Right. And some some games, like browser games and stuff, are just outright about it. They're like, hey, uh, this is another one about new characters being too strong. Because I used to play browser games like years and years ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
<clears throat> the new character comes out and it's completely busted. Uh, I remember I used to play uh, a game called Avengers Alliance. It was a browser game. They, they shut it down years and years and years ago. But most of the new characters that came out for it were absolutely ridiculously busted. But And you couldn't just get the character. You, you actually either had to purchase the character or you had to get an in-game currency that was very hard to get, like uh -huh. to get enough to purchase the character with. Um, so if you were a, a heavy PvP player, we called them wallet warriors. So a, a heavy PvP player would have all the brand new characters on their team every time a new character came out. The most powerful characters would be on their team. And you'd be like, oh, there's a wallet warrior. Because unless you were spending money, there was no way you had that character. No way. Mm. Um, some characters, you could, you could save up the currency. But like I said, there were only specific ways you could get it. And it would take you a while to save up enough to get a brand new character. Um, there were some browser games where the only way you could get the most powerful characters in the game was by spending money. There was no other way to get them, period. Uh, I used to play a game way back when I was younger called League of Angels. And there were, uh, <clears throat> there were gold characters, and there were uh, red characters, and then there were orange characters. The orange characters were the most powerful characters in the game. And the only way you could get them was when they came up in a uh, seasonal event – and you, in that seasonal event, you had to get a certain currency, and the only way to get enough currency, uh, enough of that seasonal currency, was to spend money. And you had to spend a lot. I'm talking – there was a guy uh, in our chat one time who was talking about deciding whether to uh, pay his BMW bill, uh, uh, pay the uh, car note on his BMW, or get the new character. And then he dropped $1,000 on the game. And got the new character. Mm. And I was like, that that's why that's why whenever you heard me go, man, people a lot of these rich people have more money than brains. That's the shit I'm referring to. <laughs> if you if you remember me ever saying that to you, that's what I was referring to. Mm -hmm. Because he could have spent that thousand dollars on any number of better games. He could have invested that thousand dollars and hopefully gotten two thousand dollars out of it, but right. Um, so speaking of browser games and, and, uh, and microtransactions, you remember, you remember O game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I think last year I, I started playing it and, uh, you know, it's easy, you know, it's, it's quick at first and, and like a lot of the, like the four, they're called four X games, expand, exploit, uh, I forget what the other two X's are, but uh, uh, you have those games like that where, you know, it takes time to build or games like Candy Crush and, and stuff like that where you, where you have energy and you can either wait for the energy to replenish and it, it replenishes at like one point every five minutes or spend money to get it instantly refilled. Yeah, and also you could uh, <clears throat> spend money for extra resources too. That game was absolutely pay to win. 
because yeah, there like isn't the, even a way to just play it long enough to get to where you want it because all the people who put money into the game were so strong they would farm you and slow your progression down to the point where you might as well not even be playing. Yeah, I think for O game it was dark matter or that you that you could get to speed up processes or something. Mm, oh. I don't remember. It was so long ago when I played it. Uh, there were, okay, so another another Facebook mention um, from one of the military pages I'm, I'm on. Uh, some some dumbass private got got written up for spending his um, his like every year, at, le- at least in the army. I'm sure it works the same for the other branches, but like every year you get a uniform allowance. So like if you need to, it's like thousand something it's enough to to buy new uniforms which uh uh what kind of pissed me off about that was uh when they switched to the new pt outfit i actually had to spend my own money on that they didn't give us uniform allowance for that but this dumbass private spent his uniform allowance on clash of clans Mm. oh yeah that's an easy way to throw away money (laughs) And uh, the the NCO recorded uh, recorded his response was well it was for the clan. So, yeah. <laughs> microtransactions suck, and pay to win. Oh, I just remembered something. Uh, when we were talking about cool things hidden behind chores, mm-hmm. uh, Ark Survival Evolved the mm-hmm. wyverns. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you had to do to get a wyvern initially? I'd, when it fir- when they first came out, I never even got that far. So to get a wyvern, a full grown one, you had to go into a wyvern nest and find an egg. This was a big issue because wyverns always nested together, so there'd be huge groups of them, and you don't fuck with wyverns. Wyverns are rough. They are they are like I think they are the apex predators in our in they were the apex predators in Ark Survival Evolved at the time. So you didn't fuck with them, especially like 10, 15, or 20 of them at a time. You just mm. didn't. But you had to go into one of their nests to get an egg. You had to carefully take that egg back to base because it could break. Mm. So you had to carefully take it back to base. You had to sit it down, and you had to have a refrigerator ready to preserve it. Or you had to sit it within a uh, – because it could go bad. So Or you had to uh, you had to set up campfires around it to keep it warm so it could hatch now when it hatched you had to feed the baby wyvern wyvern milk where you get the wyvern milk from the female wyverns and and that seems obvious right except for you can't tell what wyverns are female or male until you knock them out and you couldn't kill the wyvern you had to knock them out you had to put them asleep and then you wouldn't know whether it was a male or a female until you checked them while they were asleep. Mm. So <laughs> you had to pick one off from the pack, lure it away, and then trank it so that you could check to see if it was even a female in the first place. Then you get the milk and you have to take it back 
and you have to get enough milk because you had to feed the wyvern whenever it was hungry and only when it was hungry <laughs> and you couldn't just put the milk in its inventory so it would eat when it was hungry you could only give it the milk when it was hungry and if you didn't feed it after a certain amount of time of it being hungry it died and you'd have to start the process all over again which meant that you had to gather milk and any extra milk you gathered you had to put you had to make sure you had a refrigerator to put it in there and preserve the milk then you had to stay up for 48 real world hours to monitor the baby wyvern and make sure it was fed every time it got hungry and then after that it would mature into a full grown wyvern still want a wyvern I don't even have the game installed anymore. <laughs> the game <laughs> me off, like when I'd gotten up to a certain tech level and then like saved and quit mm -hmm. for the night. And then when I logged back on, all my stuff was gone. I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. But yeah, it, so it's, it's like Minecraft, but with better graphics and, and 10 times the frustration and dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it became a pain for me, too. I was like, every time I actually start to make progress, something comes along and kills me. Mm -hmm. Velociraptors. Um, I did get to a point, though, where I had, like, a small herd of, of dinosaurs and, like, other, other pets. And I don't know, like, it... I think uh, I think I had more fun playing No Man's Sky than playing Ark. Uh, strangely enough, it wasn't the dinosaurs that were the biggest threat to me. It was saber-toothed tigers and hyena packs. That was what was really getting me. Never saw those, but uh, funny enough, since we're on the subject of Ark, I played during November, and uh, there were actual Thanksgiving turkeys like prowling around and they would insta kill you if you tried to, to kill one and you weren't like a, I guess a high enough level or high enough tech level. I, I thought that was kind of, kind of funny, but frustrating at the same time. Nah, <laughs> I'm good. I ain't about that life no more. <laughs> Yeah, can't can't say I blame you. Me either. So what else you got? Or no, that was you did you did pay the pay to pay to blah, pay to win. Yeah. yeah. So this was one that was on the video, and uh, I think I understand what it is, but uh, they said Ubisoft Towers, and and they used footage from uh, what is it? I have the game. I can't think of the name of it. Um, Watch Dogs. And, and uh, Assassin's Creed was an Ubisoft game too, wasn't it? I want to say yes, but I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, so if that's the case, I can, I can understand how it's kind of frustrating. Like any, to get any progress or, to, or like uh, they, they just use a tower as a, like for the case of Assassin's Creed. You climb to the top of the tower and use your eagle eye scan. And oh, then that's... Ass Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed is a Ubisoft game, yes. Yeah. 
So like you would climb to the top of the tower and then scan the area. And then that's how you got your, you know, you find out there's missions here or side quests or whatever. And I can see how that's annoying. And like, especially with, uh, it was kind of annoying too with watchdogs because you'd have to hack into like a, a CTOS tower and like getting to some of the later ones was a chore. But that was the only way you could find, you know, other stuff to do. So, yeah, I don't know why, but I heard Assassin's Creed, but thought Hitman. That's why I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens. Uh, actually, well, since you bring up Hitman, like the new one, the new ones. Um, what frustrated me was how fucking difficult they've made these, the new, like the, the two new ones. Cause I remember, mm. like I have, I think I have them up here or over here. Like I had, I bought the PlayStation 2 three pack of, of the Hitman games, the Blood Money, uh, Contracts, and Hitman 2. I mean, they were, they were difficult, like that, like, uh, I think I've talked about it before, the one mission where you had to kill the, the two people with one sniper's bullet. And the way I figured out how to do it was to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you told me about that, yeah, I To remember. go through the subway or go through the sewer tunnel and then climb up to a tower. And then I had a, I had a perfect shot to hit them both with the same bullet. But the new Hitman games, like... Like the like the training mission it's doable and there and you can it's doable killing the guy in multiple ways but the the later missions you get to the harder it gets to to like actually kill your target like even putting on a on a disguise like there you go to a certain area and you're wearing a disguise and, and you still can't oh wonderful there's a fucking zombie in there fuck you Get away from my mushrooms, asshole. <laughs> Are you playing Minecraft? Yeah. And like there's a way to I've been playing Minecraft for the last couple of months while we were while we're recording. So that that's ah, gotcha. that's my dirty little secret. This is my second world I've created because I was tired of the first one. Hmm. But uh yeah, so it's like like I, we are fickle gods. <laughs> like like I, I love the Hitman franchise, but the the new games that come out and they and they have the like the seat like you the seasonal content thing that everybody's doing nowadays. But like those yeah. later missions are just fucking impossible. Like the uh, the one where you have to kill the rock star in is some Pacific Island nation. Like, I, I was never able to finish it. It was, it was just frustrating. So, yeah. So, they're, they're Ubisoft Towers. Irritating. Okay at first, but then after, you know, so many games and everything, it's just irritating. Yeah. I still don't understand what is meant by Ubisoft Towers. Uh, so, like... So, like my example for Assassin's Creed, in order to find 
new stuff to do. Oh, 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 oh. You have to go and find a tower. And to... climb it. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay, okay. I, I understand now. I, I, w- like, I thought I was mishearing you. Yeah. And then... um, I thought I was mishearing the actual term you were saying. And then same with watchdogs. To find new stuff, you have to go to what they call a CTOS tower and hack into it. And then it just <laughs> shits out all, all the new stuff that you can do. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So what you got? All right. Uh, my next one is multiple endings with no way of knowing how to access those alt endings, especially <laughs> when the hidden one is the true ending. Uh. <laughs> Don't you love that? I, so as writers, right, I, I, I read, once again on Facebook, read the most evil thing. Like uh, so, th- this guy's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book, but I'm gonna have like four different endings, and then once it gets you know published and famous, I'm gonna come out and say, oh, well, there's a fifth ending that you didn't know about, and then just watch as people rush to buy all the books they can to find that fifth ending. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's fucked up. That's that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> But you still laugh. That ain't right. It, oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, people could just be like, oh, well, you know, what is the ending? It's like, but, because uh, they'll do that. They'll absolutely go out and buy every book again and be like, well, I don't see any. Don't, could this be? They'll, they'll come up with, like, he'll say there's a secret fifth ending, and they will go scour the books and come up with 10 possible endings. And then they'll be like, did, did you come up with 10 endings for this? And he'll be, and he could just be like, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never. You'll just have to keep buying more books to find out. <laughs> Dude, that's going to get some people killed. Because they will, <laughs> they will not stop. They won't sleep. They, like, they... They will become conspiracy theorists for that particular book. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I actually have a couple games. Um, uh, one's called Aloris, the other's called Swordbreaker. They're like, they're like less than a, they're like 500, like 500 and 600 megabytes each. They're, and their Valoris is more like uh, you you draw cards from a deck. You know my thing with with deck building games and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And it's got multiple paths and multiple endings. But yeah, the the frustrating part is not knowing how to get to them. And then Swordbreaker is it's more like a I think it's like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. It's kind of hard to put into words, but they're interesting games. I, I don't know. I know that they're on Xbox. I don't know if they're on PC or PlayStation. So if anyone's interested, uh, one's called Swordbreaker. The other is called Aloris, A-L-L-U-R-I-S. Hmm. And uh, so for me, I only have one more. And it's definitely destiny related. If if you're finished with uh, your multiple endings one. 
uh, yeah. The, the multiple endings one is just, yeah, the, just what it sounds like. There'll be multiple endings, but that won't be explained. Uh, there even sometimes there, uh, I know in, uh, I want to say Final Fantasy 12, the Zodiac Age, I want to say it was 12. It wasn't an ending, but it was a specific weapon. And the only way to get the weapon was to do something in like the very first level of the game. Like when you first start off, there's a place in the starting area you have to go and you have to check a barrel. And there's a chance of a certain material showing up. And the only way to get the strongest weapon in the game, if I'm remembering correctly, which I think I am, was if that material showed up. Well, how would I know that playing the game the first time? If no one told me. So I just am, unless I want to start all the way over from the beginning, I am completely locked out of that weapon. Because if you go so far, if you go to us, if you go a certain distance into the game, it triggers it. So it won't show up anymore. If you haven't already gotten it. So yeah. you you just lose the ability to get that weapon. And it's apparently the strongest weapon in the game. Hmm. Well, I guess that's why so, GameFAQs is your friend. Yeah, you didn't think to explore, and you weren't lucky enough even if you did, so get fucked. <laughs> boy, didn't have to be this way, game. Because now I'm just going to fucking hack you and get it. If you don't care about the rules, I don't care about the rules. <laughs> In the real world, there are no rules. There aren't. <laughs> or something. Everything like is a social contract, and it only works if we all adhere to it. Mm. So the last one I have, uh, really, it comes from Destiny. And I'm pretty sure it's everyone's most hated mechanic outside of the new raid mechanics. And it's our good friend, RN Jesus. Uh, random chance isn't necessary. Is it bad in and of itself? It's just how it's implemented. It's one of those things where it really depends on how it gets implemented. Because it's not a bad idea in and of itself. Yeah, but it, it's still frustrating because, like, for oh, there, there's, there's a couple things that were going on, and like. Uh, oh, okay. So I, I guess a good example, since now in the in Gambit, this this boss is like like I fought this boss like twenty times this this week alone. So mm. in in Destiny, in Destiny two, to start the quest for the um, what the fuck is it called, the Malfeasance. It's an exotic hand cannon that does poison damage over time. But also, I think if you get if you get five shots into something, no, Thorn does poison damage over time. Malfeasance, you if you shoot something five times, all the rounds that are already in it will all explode. Gotcha. And in order to start that mission you had to get a certain gambit boss to pop up. We we call it the meatball. It's a uh, it's like a corrupted servitor that has like a, a weird ass mouth where its eyes. <laughs> should, 
I mean, like, seriously, like if you if you saw a picture of this thing, it it's it has a, it has a weird ass mouth, and uh, like it was it the was like the ass mouth. Yeah, it was it was the it was just chance, and now I fight that thing like twenty times every every week. So I, I understand. And I'm sure we all understand that, you know, RNG has its has its place, but just sometimes it's annoying as shit. And sometimes I just think it's the devs giving us the middle finger. Well, it's uh, sometimes it's just the worst thing in the world. Like when I have to run and like if I have to run a raid or I have to run a dungeon. Or I have to run a specific boss over, uh, for weeks on end, and I still can't get the thing I'm trying to get out of that boss, your RNG is broken. Mm. The RNG should not be there to hinder the player. The RNG should be there to enhance the gameplay. And what I mean by that is the odds of the getting the thing you want shouldn't be so astronomically small that you need to run something 20 times a day every day for a month that's fucking insanity it's fucking insanity if i run this thing 20 times two to three days in a row i should have the item i'm looking for because people do get runs of just outright bad luck that's why i like the uh i think final fantasy 14 came up with the idea of you would run a raid and if you didn't get what you wanted you would get tokens you get a currency for it so at some point if you run it so many times and you still don't get it you there's a shot for the currency and you just go buy it Mm. and i think that's a great way of handling that yeah if i don't get the thing i'm looking sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna reiterate if yeah if i'm running something and it's rng and for some reason i'm so unlucky that i'm just not getting it having the option of a currency that I do get every time I don't get what I'm looking for and I can just save that and then go buy it out of that currency shop, that is an amazing fix for that system. Yeah, Destiny has implemented that now. Uh, they have a, 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 a vendor screen at the tower called uh, Tribute to Lost Light and you can, uh, you can get exotics that were like raid-specific like, um, well, not just raid-specific exotics, but, like, exotics from the last couple seasons. So, like, I, I wasn't able to do the quest to get Izanagi's Burden, which is a it's a sniper rifle, and the I guess the exotic part of it is you can uh, consume all four rounds in the magazine to make a more powerful shot. So... You can you can get what are called exotic ciphers either from Zur, who comes on the weekends, or as part of the season pass at, at, at a certain level you'll get one, and you can spend those. And then like for uh, for the Callus raid, I never got like I, I finished it on the basically I finished that quest on the wrong guardian. I I, I don't play any really anything but my hunter anymore. But I completed the raid on my warlock, so um, 
if I wanted to try to do the, the quest to get the exotic shotgun from that raid, I would have to do that on my warlock. But this new vendor screen gives you the option of, of just of spending a currency called spoils of war, which you have to get from raids. And then you can use that plus an exotic cipher and probably glimmer and stuff to purchase it. So that was, that was a nice thing that, uh, that they implemented, I think, two seasons ago, or one season ago. Hmm. But I still don't like oh. RNG. Neither do I. It's 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 really the most abused in gotcha game, gotcha games, mm-hmm. where you have uh, characters that you get that are really sh- like new characters, and you only have like a point zero zero one percent chance of actually getting the character, or you have a two percent chance or three percent chance. I know in the Bleach uh, gotcha game or uh, mobile game that I play, when new characters come out, they like to give you a, a bonus. And the bonus gets you up to like an 8% chance of getting the character. Mm. 8%. (laughs) Uh To be fair, the the, the mentality behind it is to have a bunch of the currency for rolling. And you roll 10 at a time. And you do that like 20, 30, 40 times. So probability says you're going to get it at an 8% shot. No problem. At least one, at least one, but you can have really terrible luck and just not get it no matter how many times you do it. And that's that's the real thing that's so fucked up about those kinds of systems. The Mm -hmm. time you you are so unlucky, you just don't get it. And there's no recourse. It's just like, Mm -hmm. well, save up currency and try again next time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, go fuck you. I'm done with this. And and when you first (laughs) when we were first talking about those. I know it gotcha is spelled uh, G-A-C-H-A in, in like uh, in, the English way to, to, to spell it. But I had also made the comment. It also sounds like it's a gotcha as in G-O-T-C-H-A. Like, uh, gotcha. Right. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> now grind more and spend more time and spend, and spend money. Yeah, spend money. Yeah, spend, spend more money. money. Spend, that, spend that money. If you spend the money, and you're almost spend- guaranteed. To get spend it. hundreds of time, spend hundreds of dollars of your money in this time of pandemic and joblessness and lack of money. Just give us whatever you have left. Mm. <laughs> so, like, if if you give us ten bucks, we'll up your chance of getting this to nine percent. If you give us your electric bill, we'll <laughs> give you a twelve percent shot. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your mortgage payment. We'll bump it up to fifteen percent. <laughs> if you give us that thousand, if you give us that thousand dollars instead of putting it in your child's trust fund for college, you'll get a whopping ten percent chance to get this unit you want. <laughs> even or even better, you know that Biden stimmy you got. Give us that. We'll give you a twenty percent chance. But by twenty, your we're really baby doesn't need diapers. They could just shit in the yard like the animals <laughs> you are. Give us your money. <laughs> uh, no mercy from these mobile games. To be fair, usually the things that keep a mobile game running are the whales, who are usually very rich or wealthy people who have nothing better to do with their time than throw thousands and thousands of dollars at a 
honestly poorly put together and poorly built video game. Mm. Right. Uh, like, honestly, if we could get better video games, if the wells of these mobile gotcha games put their money into like games like The Witcher or games like Destiny or games like uh, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, like just better overall games for the money. Uh, we could actually get even better games. Like the mobile market is literally a money farm using trash as the lure. <laughs> it's not even honey for more flies. It's just trash. Hmm. Mm. There are some. Go- I will say there are some good mobile games, but it's like anime. There are some gems, but you got to root through a lot of garbage to get there. <laughs> Because anime is full of trash. Yeah, yeah. You're not lying. So the, excuse me, RNG was the last one I had. What else do you have? Uh, uh, NPC slash mobs that are immune to your to your defensive tools. Um, Diablo three is the best example of the opposite of this. Your stuns work on bosses. Your silences work on bosses. Your blinds work on bosses. But in a lot of cases, like with MMOs or RPGs, let's say you can throw status ailments at a creature, a normal enemy, that status ailment will work, no biggies, You can blind them, you can silence them so they can't cast their skills, you can stun them. And then you get to the boss, and the boss is and the boss is just like, yeah, I'm immune to all of that. These are literally the things that were keeping us alive. They're the things that allowed us to defend ourselves. Yeah, I'm immune to all of that. What (laughs) else you got? (laughs) Like (laughs) that shit. Go ahead. I can just imagine throwing throwing ailments and and, and status debuffs. It's like ooh, that tickles. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> makes you want to punch things. It's like because the game <clears throat> teaches you every game with status ailments in it teaches you to use those status ailments. Use these things; they are powerful tools in your fights. Learn how to defend against them and learn how to uh, use them. And then it goes, oh, but this guy, completely immune to your shit. Oh, and guess what? He can guaranteed get his status ailments on you all the time. And a lot of the time, he has an AOE status ailment that's really bad. Probably is probably the the most dangerous status effect in the game. And he throws it at you, and 100% chance you'll get hit with it. And it's like 100% chance. Anyone who's ever fought like the Omega weapons in Final Fantasy knows what that's like. Mm. Good luck putting a status ailment on the Omega weapon. I think he's immune to all of them. And And all of his attacks give you some sort of status ailment. And there's almost no way to combat it as far as I'm aware. But I haven't got, I never got that far in Final Fantasy VII. So I'm not, I don't quote me on that. Right. But, yeah, there have been plenty of games where bosses are just like, yeah, but I'm immune to that. Hmm. I actually do have <laughs> one more, and it's a it's a double. So um, I, I should have wrote it down, but I didn't think of it. No, that's fine. Go ahead. 
so it's the so the cover mechanic slash climbing mechanic so like uh we we played the outriders demo right mm-hmm. and it's a it's third person third person view a lot of cover and fire it works good on paper but then when you, I, i'm pretty sure i know i've had the moments i'm sure you have you've had them too when you're when you're behind cover but you're trying to get up and and run to the next cover but you're and you're hitting the buttons and and the guy just like stands up kneels back down behind cover i'm like god damn it move you fucking asshole you're getting shot at right and then uh the climbing mechanic and this one this one's from assassin's creed there's uh and and (laughs) i i saw a a comic on face like someone drew a, a little comic on facebook of the assassin's creed character like climbing up a building and it's it it can be really bad sometimes like like you're like you have to you have to jump up and grab like a a piece of brick sticking out then you climb up and then jump up to a window ledge climb up and then jump up to another piece of brick or like a a pole sticking out but sometimes your character won't jump up or climb up sometimes when you hit the button he'll just throw himself off the edge and die and the con- yeah i think that's uh in uh losing input i i bet there's a better term for it but it's input loss is what i would say is that where it's like you're pressing the button you're doing it when you're supposed to but the game's just not accepting it for whatever reason yeah so like in in the comic they're playing assassin's creed and the character's just standing there and the person's like fucking jump do do the thing next frame is the is your care is the character just like jumping off the edge of the wall and then the last frame is the playstation controller thrown through the tv (laughs) and in addition to that um in in the first god of war i still have it for my playstation 2 and i still have the original controller for my playstation 2 and it's got a crack on the bottom of it because of that part when Kratos is trying to escape Hades and climbing up between those two pillars with blades every five feet. Yeah. Fuck that part. I threw my controller down. <laughs> like I was almost to the top, but then I mistimed it by like a millisecond. Blades hit all the way down and I was like, through my controller down cracking in my controller still because of it (laughs) yeah that's always the worst feeling because you gotta go all the way you gotta do it all over again (sighs) yeah all right so that's now unless i can think of something else the last one i have so what else you got uh let's see we did bullet sponges horde rushdown mentality Oh, this is for fighting games. Bosses that can button read you and have double damage, defense, recovery, and instant kills. This is this is a fighting game one, though I'm pretty sure there are some other game types that have this kind of thing. Uh, most notably, uh, Dragon Ball uh, Xenoverse has bosses that have super armor where they can just ignore hit stun. So they just go through your attacks and they do massive damage because they have 
huge health bars, d- massive amount. They get like double, triple, quadruple damage. They get damage reduction. Um, but that kind of shit is really, really annoying. So there's the one where, oh, the boss is just immune to everything you can, any status ailments or anything that you might be able to do. And then there's, oh, the boss has more health, has more damage, has more defense, can recover faster. Oh, and it's got an insta-kill move. Uh, this was a really big problem back in the days when arcades were really prominent. Because fighting games would literally be built with bosses that you couldn't beat, so that they could kill your, so they could, uh, so they could take your money. Hmm. They were literally built with bosses that were that wouldn't have recovery on things they that any other character would have recovery on. They deal massive damage. There were some games where uh, a boss would just have an instant kill if you got hit by it. It would just kill you. Or throw you off the stage or something of that nature. Dragon Ball Fighters was really bad with it um, because their arcade mode was pretty much uh, their arcade mode. When it first came out, the characters had uh, had no scaling on their damage, meaning that every time they hit like scaling in fighting games basically is if I hit you twice, my second hit does less damage. My third hit does less damage than that. My fourth hit does less damage. Than, that way you just can't kill a per. That way you can't just touch a death people. You can't. The first hit doesn't just kill you because everything does the same amount of damage. There would be fighting game, uh, fighting game characters or in arcade mode who just had no scaling on their damage. They could kill you in a combo. Mm. Um, they button read you, meaning that the system would read what buttons you were pushing and then pick the exact perfect counter. Mm. Dragon Ball Fighters, once again, really bad about this because the AI can beat you anytime it wants to because it can always pick the exact counter to whatever you're doing and it can input it at a speed faster than any normal human could, period. Mm. There were times I was playing Dragon Ball through the arcade mode and the computer would do an invincible attack when my attack was literally already in their model. They did it literally a frame before the hitbox would actually activate as a hit. Mm. Um, and a uh, when you get high enough level, it when you get uh, it would go by levels. It'd be like level one, level. It'd be like fight one, fight two, fight three, fight four, and it would go by levels. Once you got to like level five or level six, the game did so much damage that if it could kill you from eighty percent of your health, and if it raw level three you, it could just kill a character. And if it happy birthdayed you with a raw level three. The other, the, the secondary character that was off screen was just dead. There was no way they were surviving it. They were just dead. So you might start the fight off really well, and then the game would touch you once, and your character would fucking explode. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole happy birthday thing. A uh, happy birthday is when you call a character to assist you, but the computer or your opponent hits you and the other character. It's called a happy birthday because now you're doing damage to the character on screen and you're getting damage on a second character at the exact same time. And a character who is summoned as an assist but gets hit takes double damage from the hit. So I guess happy birthday to you. 
right. So happy birthday to me. <laughs> Hence, happy birthday. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so there was a there was another YouTube video I watched about um about shitty video games. Like, uh, you remember the video game Smash TV? Mm-hmm. The the or at least I want to say so. Yeah. I, I know it sounds familiar, but I can't bring up an image in my head. Yeah the the arcade version of it was made to be unwinnable. Because the programmers thought no one would ever, you know, get to the final level. It, it was like a, it was like a like a game show kind of uh, Running Man ish. Like you're you're in arenas and you have to kill all the enemies that come into the arena before they kill you. Well, the the creators were just like, oh, and nobody will ever win this. You know, we're we're just not gonna you know have an, an end game. But then people you know, learn the pattern and were able to get to the last part. And then when there wasn't, you know, the pleasure dome full of, you know, girlfriends forever, they, they started complaining. Beautiful bucks of women. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to put a pattern. Where are my 72 fucking virgins, asshole? Can you imagine getting to heaven, being promised 72 virgins and you get up there, uh, virgins and you get up there and they're like, Oh, we had never expected you to get here. Hmm. <laughs> so interesting information time. The 72 virgins mm-hmm. thing is false. Uh, when I was, hmm. how did that, how did that rumor come about then? I'm not sure, but uh, when I was going to school to be a paramedic, I, I ended up striking up a conversation with a guy in the hallway who was like a recently converted Muslim. And I asked him about it and he was like, no, 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 no. It's 72 servants that you get in the afterlife. So there that happened to be virginal buxom women. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, call it whatever you want. <laughs> call a spade a spade, but they're still buxom virgin women. Could be. Still bucks and virgin women. <laughs> it could be, but like he like he told me that, that the seventy two virgins thing was misinformation. Gotcha. And uh oh and then the video the video mentioned another game where the final boss was just essentially unkillable. It might have been uh might have been ghouls and goblins. Or something like the, the final boss is a skeleton and no matter how much damage you do to it. It won't die. Right. Uh, that brings up a good question about something. Uh-oh. What do you need 72 versions for in uh, not? What do you need 72 servants for in heaven? I would think like everything would just be automated. Like you never get dirty. So you wouldn't need to bathe unless you want it to. And you don't need servants for that. You could probably just snap your fingers and there's your bath. Um, you could just materialize whatever clothing and in whatever style you wanted. You could have whatever house you needed and anything you needed at the house if you were hungry would just appear in front of you. Hell, you could literally put your refrigerator in your room. What would you need servants for? Well, we, we have to remember that these religions were from a long, long time ago. People probably well, didn't. Well, right, think- but even... People probably didn't think oh, like good. that. 
sounds like they think like a bunch of dumbasses. Like <laughs> you're in heaven. I can't fathom what you would need servants for. Mm, as above, so below, I guess, or something. Or as below, so above. Because, so let's look at it. Let's look at it from the primitive point of view, right? These are people who don't have refrigerators, electricity. They don't know anything about virtual reality, but they do know about supernatural occurrences. So telepathy, floating objects, all those kinds of things are still things that could be a thing. So I go to heaven, right? It, back in, I don't know, 100 BC, I go to heaven. I, st I still know the concept of bathing because I'm dirty, but I'm in heaven. I would never get dirty. I would always be pristine and smell good. I still know the concept of clothing, so it would just materialize on me as I need it to in whatever style I wanted. That shouldn't be out of the realm of a person's thinking, right? Mm. Um. If I was hungry, well, first off, you probably never get hungry. You probably never need to use the bathroom. But if I wanted something to eat, like my favorite food, all I'd probably have to do is think of it, and it's heaven. It would just appear. There it is, right on the table. And then when I was done, it would just disappear and vanish, and there'd be no waste, nothing to clean up. Mm -hmm. Like nothing I've said needs a, a sophisticated society to think of. What would you need servants for in heaven? You no longer have to struggle to do anything. You no longer have to do anything. You just get to enjoy yourself. What would you need servants for? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things, I guess, for, you know, old Abrahamic religions. I don't know. Sounds like people are just assholes and just need somebody to lord over. But maybe that's just my interpretation. Mm -hmm. Could be. You lo you spend your entire life being servant to someone. Maybe now in the afterlife, it's your turn. Who knows? <sighs> so, you got anything else or you want to um, cut it there? Um, I do have more, but we can do it as a, uh, we can do it as honorable mentions and not really go into them. So next I had broken auto movement slash quest, tra quest tracking, mm. um, terrible maps or no map at all. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, everything hates you more than they hate each other. <laughs> that was a thing that I talked about in monster hunter where, literally one of the monsters would be beating the other monster but the moment you show up they both go oh it's that motherfucker get him <laughs> <laughs> like oh okay uh, I see how it is this is why we kill you assholes so that's um, how it's gonna be so you've chosen yeah. death um, fall damage in a game and you take fall damage for falling even the shortest of distances like four feet mm -hmm. or off of a table or off of a stool mm -hmm. and you take damage. Mm -hmm. uh, miss, uh, we talked about mismanaged loot weight. Uh, and only I can solve this problem no, ma no matter how menial or easy the task is. We talked a little bit about that, but that was, that was another one. It's like, uh, oh, you've finally shown up. Only you can 
step on this rat that's been plaguing the town for years. Uh, where are you headed? Oh, I'm going to deal with that red dragon that's been burning the countryside and causing the entirety of your country so much pain and strife. Oh, well, before you do that, could you go search for my lost three lambs? <laughs> Why can't you go search for your lost three lambs? Because the forest is dangerous. Do you have hunters in your village? Yeah. What are they doing? Nothing. Why can't they go with you? I don't know. <laughs> They're doing hunter stuff. They can't be bothered. They're doing hunter stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a new enemy, except it's not. Just the same enemy with a different color. Destiny. Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the same enemy with a different color. But it's a new, it's a brand new enemy, though. Um, it's a new costume or skin. No, it's not. It's just a different color. Destiny. <laughs> and that was my last one. So those are the honorable mentions. It's a new weapon. No, it's not. It's just the same weapon with a different skin. Destiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this has been fun. We need to do more topics like this where we have fun like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, final thoughts. Um, I am will I uh I have no issues with giving uh Falcon and Winter Soldier a chance. I really do hope they explore every avenue of what they have available to them. I'm hoping it turns out to be as I'm hoping WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier turn out to be just as good as the Mandalorian was. Um I'm also I'm kinda hoping that Falcon and Winter Soldier will kind of go the route that The Witcher did because I really, really enjoyed The Witcher. And I kind of want them to do it from a similar perspective of just two characters who have seen too much and they're tired of the bullshit. Um, and they have to, but they still have to deal with playing the game and, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk. So yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. But I, I liked both of the first episodes. I thought they were both kind of goofy. We'll see what the rest of the series does. Um, uh, yeah, stupid shit. In video games, eh, maybe eh, like that's what it means to refine something, right? Mm -hmm. You take the good, you take the good stuff, and you get rid of the negative things out of it, so that you have a better product. That's basically what making swords and uh, knives and things is, because you temper the metal to get rid of as much of the impurities as possible to make a stronger a better product a stronger better sword a stronger better knife what you know right um and i feel like video games need to do a lot of that they need to do a lot of refining um because what they typically like to do is they'll take out something that people complain about but they'll also take out something good that no one was complaining about destiny um (laughs) yeah so hopefully one day a lot of these will just go away Hopefully one day. To to build um, off of that, I wanna I wanna say my favorite uh, Bruce Lee quote: "Absorb what is useful, discard what is useless, and make it essentially your own." Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So so similarly, I really enjoyed the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
I'm excited to see what they're going to be doing next. The first episode of WandaVision, it, it was kitschy, goofy, you know, 50s, 60s sitcom, nostalgia. Uh, you know, as someone who grew up with all the old shows on, on Nick at Night, like, you know, Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore, Get Smart, all that good stuff. It was nice to, I guess, nice in a way to see that again, but in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I'm interested, as someone who hadn't read, who hasn't read the comic books, to find out what the deal with S.W.O.R.D. is, and if it's a sister agency to S.H.I.E.L.D., or if it's something more nefarious. Um, And yes, any of those bullshit mechanics in video games can happily go away and, and I will be happier for it. <laughs> so here's the part where we uh, shamelessly self plug. Um, and I, I beg the listeners for feedback, comments, stuff that you liked that we do stuff that you don't like that we've done ideas that you'd like us to cover. Um, Please let us know. Uh, we so I'm going to go go down the list. Our Twitter is at gspcast. The locals page that I'm hoping to try to to uh, you know get jump started so we can maybe even offer paid content is gspodcast.locals.com. Our Facebook is gs is gscast. Um, I haven't really done much with that uh, since I put it back up and if you just want to send us a good old-fashioned email you can do so it's gaming sessions dot podcast at gmail.com so please you know give us feedback we desperately need it and with that go ahead and send us out all right well thanks for joining us once again everybody hope you continue having a good day good week be safe out there <laughs>